What's up? Come on and uh dude, have you ever had everything bagel seasoning? Uh I don't think so. I well, it's freaking so. amazing. You keep you've told me that for months. I don't know what else I'd put it on besides the bagel. Yeah, I don't know. Just pizza? I mean, no, not pizza. Toast. <laughs> <laughs> pizza. Why I said pizza? I would not put that on pizza. Pizza. Um. <laughs> I meant toast. I was thinking of pizza though. But do you do you put butter on it or anything? Yeah. Oh, uh, cream cheese, cream cheese is really good. Mm. I'm gonna rosemary the fuck out of my little tent because mm. I heard rosemary is good for the, the oh. throat chakra. There you go. I'm just opening the notes. No. Mm. Awesome. I'm gonna make them bigger. There we go. There we go. I can't have my Gucci. Um, all right blue weave a tongue dude this is like my fourth cup of coffee oh my god <laughs> here in the bathroom <laughs> nothing's happening oh no all right man what oh uh we're up to two dollars in ad revenue i saw that that's Ooh, so exciting nice. that's fantastic yeah we could buy a light bulb Maybe we could one. buy something off of the dollar menu we could buy something for you and something for me is coffee is coffee worth a dollar anymore is it like more than that now even at the gas stations i'm sure it's more than a dollar what can you get for a dollar now no what you could <laughs> Yeah. I think McChickens are still a dollar, right? Aaron and I started this list of things, like bulk things you can get for super cheap. And what? girl, have you ever bought a pack of hangers? You can get like 40 hangers for $3 or something. I'm buying them at the wrong spot because I think <laughs> Ikea still charges like fucking 20 bucks a pack for a pack Fuckin of hangers. Ikea, yeah. Or maybe not, five, like... maybe five bucks, but it's definitely, definitely more expensive than a dollar. I'm thinking Walmart, like uh, yeah. quality. It feels like really plasticky Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry my, my my hanger standards are too high I was thinking of the <laughs> ones no I, I'm thinking the ones that snap if you look at them wrong <laughs> try to put them in a sweatshirt I can't even hold up a my cloak oh my god yeah my, my hanger standards are too high I'm like wood only my mom I has these it. the super nice like uh not velvet but the cloth ones I've seen those. Those are those are nice. Anyway. What is your coffee? A macchiato? Yeah, it's like um, I guess they rolled out some new flavors for the fall. And one of the new ones was I think apple crumb or apple crisp. Uh, oat milk macchiato. It's really good. That sounds good. Toasty. I don't know how you don't have coffee in the house. You gotta set a reminder for yourself to go pick some up on the way home from work today. You know what? Avi even went to um Costco and then two nights ago and it wasn't on the list i guess we just we thought we had more downstairs because we have a fridge downstairs oh and, nice. and it's just it's gone <laughs> <laughs> so he forgot to get that um so that's definitely going to be on the next shopping trip oh and then okay i can't trust my husband to go to the store by himself you are not alone <laughs> listen to this shit so he goes <laughs> he he was gonna go to BJ's for the because that's where they have the cold brew, right? The cold brew that we like. So tell our listeners what BJ's is because we don't have them here. And I was like, the oh, fuck are don't? you talking about? 
Oh, okay. So basically it's just like another, a wholesale store, like a Costco. Costco. Okay. Sam's club. It's just a different, a different one. So we have, we have a BJ's here. So um, we usually get that, that's, what is it? The Stoke uh, cold brew. And they have those at BJ's. They do not have them at Costco. So Mm. I don't know why he decided to not go to BJ's and he went to Costco. And then when he got to Costco, he realized that they didn't have the cold brew there so he had there was nothing else for him to get at costco so i guess for him and his make the trip worth it he went to the food court because you know how costco (laughs) has a food court (laughs) he went to the food court and he got a hot dog and a churro (laughs) he came home okay i'm talking like this is picture him walking through the door one in each hand this is dinner time okay he comes home and he's got a hot dog in one hand and a churro in the other and he's like he's like I didn't get the cold brew, but I got these. And I'm like, what the, it's dinner time. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like eating a hot dog. And then he like, he was like, do you want this? And normally, you know, I, I would so go ham on Be all over it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, it's dinner time, dude. So I was like, no, I don't want it right now. So he puts it in the microwave because we have to store things. We, we have very limited counter space. In, in and you can't keep shit on the counter because you're cat. You can't keep shit on the counter because Punky will eat it. So so I, I opened the microwave before to heat up my coffee and the churro was in there. And I was like, oh, <gasps> it was like hard. It's hard as a rock now. Oh, so waste. So that's like, I'm like, dude, I can't let him go shopping by himself because he just buys stuff <laughs> and it goes to waste because people forget to eat it. <laughs> you couldn't have put like a little damp like towel under like a paper towel and he warmed it up. I don't know if that works. Yeah, probably. It's still in the wrapper. You were not invested. Yeah, I was not invested. I just put it back in the microwave and I was like, I'll deal with it later. But anyway, that's my stupid story. Um, <laughs> we can get to my husband, <laughs> um, he'll, uh, he gets over, overly excited about, cause he doesn't cook often, okay. but like, he'll like get excited about grilling or if like his family's coming to visit, like they're coming for Thanksgiving. And if he has like a project, like a cooking project, he goes for just that. And forgets all the other shit we need throughout the week. So we had like a taco, uh, he went fishing. He went like deep sea fishing with his work a while back. And he caught like a uh, fucking wahoo and uh, some other fish. Anyway, got a process, super stoked to do fish tacos. Goes to the store, gets the fish taco stuff. We have the fish taco night. It's awesome. And then like nothing the rest of the week. His family's <laughs> coming for Thanksgiving. And he was like, hey, I ordered... Um, I, or because we have been doing steaks for our Thanksgiving because it's just us for the last two years. So he's like, I ordered steaks. I ordered like brats and something else. He's like, could you pick up the order from the butcher? I was like, sure. And then I was like, kind of sat him down. I was like, did you, you know, you have to buy food for the rest of the time they're here, like the breakfast stuff. And like, he's like, yeah, I know we'll have to go grocery shopping. I was like, no, you go grocery shopping. He just gets <laughs> real excited about the one meal yeah. and forgets about everything else. <laughs> that's my story oh boys they can y'all can y'all hear the coffee today in my voice <laughs> it's loud in my mouth loud in my mouth <laughs> it feels like loud in my mouth eventually we'll get to the topic we're supposed to be talking about mm-hmm. but oh, wait, your, your fish your fish story reminded me of another obvi story mm. he went he went fishing with his friends once right mm-hmm. and he he calls me or he texts me he's like I caught something I'm bringing something home I'm like oh cool you know awesome um he brings this thing home I, I don't even remember what it's called but it's basically like a bottom dweller okay like, 
like a catfish but it's not a cat like a mud skipper or something something okay. that like you people don't eat okay and he, it, and he brought it home oh so proud and, then, and I think you could eat it but like people usually don't mm -hmm. but like he brought he brought home the entire fish okay? oh not, not not like cut up or anything yeah nobody nobody prepared it for him on the the boat uh oh so he just brought this fucking huge fish home in a cooler he was like i guess i could find like a youtube video how to how to you know cut it up and i'm like you're not cutting that fucking thing up i'm trying to look up <laughs> you're not cutting that thing up <laughs> it sat in the cooler for like the the whole night and i was like you need to figure out what you're gonna do with that because that's gonna smell that's gonna it's start, gonna start stinking <laughs> yeah he fucking threw it out because he's like I'm not yeah he's like I'm not gonna cut it up oh so, I was trying to look up what the fish might have been called go on something like a sea robin I think it's a sea robin oh I've never yeah, heard of look up a sea it looks like a catfish kind of sea like, robin yeah but like people don't eat them apparently but oh they got the they're like the flying fish they look like they got wings yeah, they're fucking ugly as hell. But he yeah, brought. He was like, "Yeah, let's. We're gonna eat." I'm like, "Not. I. I ain't eating that." <laughs> it says, "Meet the sea robin, a fish with legs and wings." Oh, it like creepy crawls itself along. Like, yeah. Have you seen yeah. a video? Bottom, it's a bottom dweller. Yeah. So he brought that thing home in a cooler, and I'm like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" <laughs> dude that's one thing like i'm good like prepping any meats like any meats Me chicken's fine pork's fine beef whatever fish i don't want to touch i just think like the skin because when i was about eight we went to croatia for about a month and my grandma super old school they do it all themselves they know how to do it and we had caught fish because there's fishery lakes and just watching her like scale like take the scales off like gives me all over body chills and i want to shit myself i hate it i hate it <laughs> i want to sit myself <laughs> I agree. No, i'm with you there the the furthest i'll go is like a shrimp like like de-veining yes. and peeling the tails off a shrimp or yes. like you know i'll make like a frozen fish or even fresh fish that you get from the i guess the butcher or whatever that's already but done I, up that's already done up right but yeah. like I, I'm not about to like go to town and butcher up a, like a whole fish fresh from the ocean. <laughs> like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. So we threw it out. Poor little skipper. Poor little skip. But I was like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Get it processed on the way home. Ask your friends. Ask the boat captain. He probably knows. Brandy. <laughs> yeah, ask Samuel Diaz. <laughs> Samuel Diaz. Samuel Diaz. Awesome, dude. Well, should we do this thing? Are we going to try to? Yeah. This is our first yeah. character analysis episode. Yeah. All that stuff we just talked about, that could be a whole bonus episode. We don't have to put all that No, in. it's going in. It's going in. I know. All right. <laughs> I know sometimes people are like, where's the content? I didn't come here for this stupid ass talking. I don't know how to put in timestamps on our like descriptions. If I do, if I knew how, I, I guess I can figure it out this episode, but I'll do that for, for folks. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All content starts at this time marker. Everything mm -hmm. before that is just husband bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there were so many like little announcement thingies i wanted to do i hope everybody's ex just enjoying the memes that we've been sharing we haven't um recorded in a while we did a live right before our episode one came out on on halloween and just kind of let everybody know what to expect but since then we agreed that we weren't going to record another episode until <laughs> this is even early we were going to wait till the middle of November, but we couldn't fuck wait. It, fuck fuck it. it. That's how I'm feeling today. I wanted to tell you, I'm in a fuck it mood. Like you were yesterday. For the day. Oh, yesterday I yeah. fucked the whole world. So <laughs> sorry, everybody. If you felt a little bit 
of fuckage that was me <laughs> that was her <laughs> we have some patreon shout outs right <laughs> you are so tired <laughs> <laughs> so we have people who are paying us now <laughs> can i just say that this okay at the time of recording this we're on we're on tuesday november 8th we're coming up off the heels of that like wicked ass blood moon lunar eclipse mm-hmm. i don't know about you but it it drained the shit out of me yeah i'm tired today wasn't it like the peak was yesterday is that right i think so yeah yeah, yeah. that yeah oh wait it says it's 100 percent right now oh okay full moon and taurus yeah right, here you go. do you know what the nadir is nadir n-a-d-i-r is that like it's peak maybe uh, full moon 602 a.m was its peak i guess there you go okay yeah okay then i guess like the anticipation of it was what was draining then it was just pulling you it was like yeah <laughs> yeah 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 like that waxing energy was so hard and I, yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry christina yesterday i was just like c- complaining and bitching every two minutes every time i markered you i was like i don't want to do this that's okay wanna- <laughs> you get me today <laughs> You get me today, but I'm excited to talk about Sally because she's like, she's just such a like archetype for natural witches mm-hmm. and she has it all and mm-hmm. she goes through it all. But um, yeah, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to talk about Sally a little bit today and we're going to make this a little like series for the, the foreseeable future. We're going to do the main characters, but later down the line, we might pull from the other books and do some of the side characters. But right now we're going to talk about Sally. But before that. Justina, take a sip of your coffee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try to do the patron patron shout out again. <laughs> All right. So yes, Patreon shout outs. We have- We're going to have a Patreon shout out. Go for it. So we have Anna K. Mears, which I think Mears is from Australia. I'm not 100%. And I Heart Practical Magic came from I Heart Practical Magic. Woo, 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 woo. Guys, thank you so much. Yeah very much it is it's awesome to get to know everybody like kind of um not in close quarters what am I trying to say it's more intimate because um they get to see some of the goodies on patreon and the private facebook group and the discord group we now have like all these fun channels that we are putting stuff in um yeah by the time y'all hear this we we've done the practical magic house episode so we got channels like victorian architecture porn we got our (laughs) memes the patrons get a preview of the show transcript um, about three or four days before anybody else so a lot of fun stuff happening over there we just want y'all to know we're going to be having like once a month lives in the future uh over on on the patreon so come and join us and and get to know us a little better and we would love to get to know you too yeah that'll also give us a chance i think to be more current with what's going on in that very week because Mm -hmm. because our virgo asses record so far in advance Mm-hmm. We just want to have our ducks in a row and mm-hmm. um, have content ready to put out for you guys every single week because like I, like we said before we both work jobs so it's hard for us to do to do it otherwise so Hello. Anna K Mears and Kim from I Heart Practical Magic thank you so much we appreciate you guys. yeah so uh, Sally is played by none other than Sandra Bullock in the movie and her nickname is Sal as deemed by Jillian. Sally to me was the, she, she's like witch goals to me. She, I'm still trying to grow my hair out to like her length. Cause when I see her digging in the garden, there's like from behind when they're filming her from behind, her hair is like down to her ass crack. And that's Mm -hmm. what I want. When I was like 18, my hair actually was down to my ass crack like that. (laughs) I was like, 
I grew my hair like it just it just grew like on its own and <laughs> I didn't have to take supplements and now like you know when you're when you're that young you kind of take for granted when your hair like your hair is popping your eyebrows are popping like, <laughs> Poppin'. your, nail, your nails are popping yeah. everything grows as it should like you don't really have to try when you're that young and your hormones yeah. are like going crazy but yeah. um I guess all the dying that I did to my hair since then it's just like you know it's not the same it's not the same so if you're if you're a young spring chicken do yourself a favor and stop dyeing your hair stop mm-hmm. doing shit to your eyebrows you're beautiful as you are um, yeah. because now I regret it I'm like oh I had the <laughs> Sally hair yeah so I started with like like magenta box dye and then gradually from there I was like I need highlights and then from there I was like I need to bleach it and then that's when oh I was man like, fuck you no and then yeah now it's like very thin it's not brittle but it's just like you know not what it used to be and it doesn't dry as shit yeah me too man it sucks and i told like to be transparent again hey i bought rogaine and i've been putting it on my eyebrows and that shit's working also i forgot to tell you i made some uh rosemary oil it's sitting in the cabinet just y'all if you have some fresh or even dry rosemary stick it in a jar with olive oil shake it up, leave it in your cabinet for like four weeks and then just rub that shit into your scalp. So I'm going to try that. But yeah, I'm just finding like, I shed like crazy. Um, how long ago was it? You knew, did, yeah, you knew me when I cut off all my hair, I had super long hair and I chopped it all donated like 13 inches, shaved my sides, had like the greaser haircut and (laughs) that was years ago and still trying to grow it back out, but it's not, it doesn't grow as fast. Yeah, it does in your twenties. So maybe, maybe Sally is down with that rosemary oil. I bet you. She I bet does. you she is. I bet you she does that regimen every single freaking night. That's I why bet I'm you. This. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so some physical information about uh the character Sally. I don't know if they're pulling any of this from the Sandra Bullock or not, but the height they have listed is about five seven. It's oh. taller than me. Are you? You're little too. You're oh, in the little wow. club. I am pint size. How, how tall are you? I'm 4'11". I'm Shakira. I'm 4'11". <laughs> You're so thin. Yeah, that's why I have so small feet. <laughs> you do. It looked okay. really, it would look really dumb if I was like 4'11 and had like size eight feet. Um, I, yeah, five seven is tall to me. I'll see girls out that I think are short, and I'm like, Aaron, mm. look how, how small she is, and he's like, You're that height. <laughs> that size. Um, I think I'm about five. I say I'm five four, but I'm more like five three. That's like average. Right? To me, that's average, but apparently not. Five 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 six. I thought is more average. No, I thought five 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 six is tall. It is tall for us because <laughs> I'm four eleven, so I'm definitely below average. Anything above four eleven is like anything above four eleven because like I'm really small. So when I'm looking at a five five person, I'm like, wow, you're fucking tall as fuck. <laughs> Can't so, wait to pick you up and put you in my pocket. Anything below that is like average to me. <laughs> so yeah. in the book, uh, we kind of went over this in the book versus movie thing. In the book, her hair is black. Uh, in the movie, Sandra Bullock has brown hair. Her eye color in the book is gray. Uh, Sandra Bullock's eyes are brown and she has fair skin. Does Sandra Bullock have fair skin? Hers is more olive in my opinion, but Nicole Kidman has fair skin. Too. Oh yeah. Nicole Kidman definitely has fair skin for sure so at the time of the filming sandra bullock who played sally owens was 34 so there's uh, a little bit of family information here we really cover all of the family members and a bunch of our other stuff this might seem redundant but to lay it all out we want to get at some point i think we want to do a family tree kind of piece 
visual mm-hmm. piece. Yeah. But as we know, Maria Owens is the original ancestor. And we also have Francis and Bridget, who are her aunts. Vincent, who is her grandfather. April Owens, who is her grandmother. Vincent and April are cousins. What you said, like three times removed, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Regina is Sally's mother. Daniel is the name of her father. We know Jillian as her sister. And Antonia and Kylie are the daughters. So we have in the Practical Magic movie, we see her get married to a man named Michael Bailey. I think his last name was Bailey, right? Michael Bailey. Michael dies, unfortunately. And then she meets Gary, who is a police officer from Arizona. Here's a big spoiler, guys. In the last book, Gary dies. Sorry, everybody. And then <laughs> you really dropped the bomb. Gary <laughs> <Harry> dies. <laughs> so I want to talk about that in a second. But um, and then she meets uh, a man named Ian Wright. I think he's from the UK. And they get married. And the date is June first, Wednesday. June first was their wedding date. So here's I my know, thought. I know nothing about Ian because I didn't get that far. Ian the last book yet so okay that's all I have written down for him but here's my thought which I should have said in the like the uh death watch beetle episode is like is it the curse or is it just death like right like you know what I mean like was Gary taken by the curse in the book he says that he had like a congenital heart disease of some kind like that is that could have been before he even met her you know it's just can it's not as convenient I think as we think it is as a plot point so by the end of the fourth book she she's married a third time to Ian Wright uh but in the movie we see her working at an apothecary store that she opens called Verbena Apothecary in the book we discussed a couple episodes ago that she is the secretary at her daughter's school Sally is known for and this is this is all in the movie these powers and abilities Dude, I don't know. I copied this from Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm going to guess that this is all from the movie because I think yeah. we discussed in the book, we didn't really see any. Okay. Yes. Powers. But I was, when I was um, doing some research for this episode and I was re skimming through rules of magic, she actually does have a little bit of a special gift that I think was overlooked in the initial practical magic first book. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, so in the movie, uh, we know that she has the powers and abilities of spellcasting, the act of changing or controlling events or people through the use of magical means. Um, she's also, do we know in the movie? Oh yeah, I guess she was into the potion making when she did her Amas Fadita spell when she was a child. But I think that was the last time we really saw her physically doing any kind of like spell or herbal work, right? Unless you consider like the process of making the bath oils and soaps and lotions. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. Yeah, okay. So we'll consider her actual job and her career. Her, yeah, that's what she did. She's an apothecary. She owns her apothecary shop. Then we have pyrokinesis, which in the film, Sally is shown lighting a candle by blowing onto the wick. So it's kind of like a backwards deal. Her and Jillian have this kind of like unspoken sisterly mind reading bond. Like they know when each yeah. other is falling. Um, even when even when they do their little blood, um, what's it called? The blood bond. Blood oath. The blood oath. Yeah. From miles away, they can they both can kind of sense when each other is touching their scars, right? She also kind of has it with her daughters, uh, after like the the interrogation with Gary and she's walking back and she's mommy. 
and she hears that and she's like oh fuck she takes off running right i I totally forgot about that um so maybe it's just like a blood what's that called like a like a sense like a sixth sense a knowing right i don't know what the hell is that called that wouldn't be claire claire cognizance claire cognizance okay yeah we'll Um, we'll go with it maybe also a little bit of claire audience because she heard her kids calling her right there we go count it oh that would be creepy as fuck right yeah so she's got the clear cognizance clear audience would we say she has the clear sentience does she feel anything Mm, i don't think so maybe would we consider would we consider the scar on the palm clear clear sense sentience dude what a cool like it's like one of those bracelets that when you touch it because you miss somebody and they light up it's like ping Oh, my scar hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen those. Those are adorable. It's like Harry Potter's Horcrux scarf thing. Is that what it does? You could. Oh, no. Like whenever, like, it doesn't it like end up hurting him when Voldemort's near or something like that? Yeah. Something like okay. that. Um, I thought you were a Potter person. I'm not. I am not as well versed in Potter. I've seen, I've read the first book. I saw the first like two movies and then I fell off after that. They're just okay. Okay. Just a long series. It lost my interest. I don't know. Yes. Um, and then the telekinesis, which she can move objects with her mind, like the stirring of the coffee. What and else does I- she move with her mind? Do you, do you, can you recall? She just uses it for such practical shit. She's just stirring yeah. away. Yeah. And I know that we touched on, she has the connection with the leaves and being, mm-hmm. able, to, being able to float the leaves up to the sky when she kind of has something to in the petals it's like her message that's her like a smoke signal yeah she sends she just sends it out into the ether and she kind of just has this inner knowing that that it's going to take its course and it's going to follow through with what it's supposed to do awesome so so those are her powers and abilities and like i said uh there was some stuff in rules of magic that we can get to we can either talk about that now or we can get to it a bit later as we go through the book descriptions what do you want to do let's hit it when we get to the book description so right now we're going to hop into the four books and we kind of just pulled from our kindles i think the the more descriptive things that that talked about sally and i guess we'll go through practical magic first since everybody knows that Um, but not everybody reads the book so these are the following are going to be a few excerpts from that book um i guess i'll take that one so then you can talk about rules of magic cool here we go and christina tries to read out loud oh god here we go (laughs) cleopatra Here we go. Okay. So Sally's hair was as black as the pelts of the ill-mannered cats the aunts allowed to skulk through the gardens and claw at the draperies in the parlor. So there's her black hair. Sally, 397 days older than her sister, was as conscientious as Jillian was idle. She never believed in anything that could not be proven with facts and figures. When Jillian pointed to his shooting star, it was Sally who reminded her that it was a that what was falling to earth was only an old rock heated by its descent through the atmosphere. So her, she's a lot like like Aunt Frances and uh Jenny is not so much, but Aunt Franny's really into science. Sally was a take charge sort of person from the start. She didn't like comp confusion and mess, both of which filled the aunt's old house on Magnolia Street from attic to cellar. And most of this is when she's younger. Did you want to comment? Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say that even, I guess, as a kid, she was just a very practical person. Like, Mm -hmm. Jillian was more into, I'm telling you, Jillian's a Sagittarius. She's got to be. Sally is an earth sign, 100%. I know. I know. I'm I'm convinced Sally's a Virgo. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on. I think Mm -hmm. she just has to, she, she doesn't know how to relinquish control and she doesn't like that certain things she 
can't really control but I don't know Jillian just seems so much more philosophical and like of of um you know you could just tell that Jillian has this like I don't know how to explain it but I kind of see it in myself like this this thirst for like otherworldly kind of knowledge like and Sally's just very like by the book Mm -hmm. so I just think it's funny how even in the book as a kid even as a kid Sally is so no it's not it's it's not a shooting star. It's a rock. Like, yeah, like, it's a rock. Like she's I like, always- that's interesting that you um, connect with Jillian on that level. Jillian to me is like air, like just blue, just out outer space, you know, just well, out there. Well, I see a little bit of a fire in her too. And I guess because Sagittarians are so flighty and they're very um, spontaneous and uh, Jilly is also mm-hmm. very spontaneous. Yes. So I think she has, she probably has a little sag in her chart. She probably has got mm-hmm. a little in her chart too, or maybe a Gemini or something, but, um, but Gemini is an air sign, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like see a little bit of both for her. And then Sally, I'm definitely seeing maybe more water, more earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, their duality is just a very interesting dynamic. Very um, balanced. Even- I can't <laughs> wait to get into their astrology. Science. yeah me too that's gonna be a whole other episode all right go on read the all right uh so <clears throat> it says sally was the one who cooked healthy dinners of meatloaf and fresh green beans and barley soup oh barley soup right now sounds so good mm-hmm. using rep- recipes from a copy of joy of cooking she managed to smuggle into the house she fixed their lunch boxes each morning packing up turkey and tomato sandwiches on whole wheat bread adding carrot sticks and iced oatmeal cookies, all of which Jillian tossed in the trash the instant after Sally had deposited her in her classroom since she preferred the Sloppy Joes and brownies sold in the school cafeteria. Are you a fan of Sloppy Joes? I am not. Um, It depends on what kind of Sloppy Joe because there's different versions of the Sloppy Joe. Did okay. You know uh-uh. Okay. So there's that like meaty meat sauce kind of Sloppy Joe that like you would get in a school cafeteria that they stop like just like on a hamburger bun with like Um, an ice cream scoop yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and then the other kind of sloppy joe i think it's like kind of like a corned beef like a reuben or something like that got like the um coleslaw on it and like i think russian dressing i think that's also called a sloppy joe so i guess it that sounds better way better yeah it does um, so I guess it depends on where you're from, like what you would consider a sloppy Joe. Um, but I'm definitely for this, I'm definitely picturing the meat slop. <laughs> yes, I am too. Give me one second. I want to look something up for the next quote. I thought I, un momento, por favor. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can read it first. So I had written a note in my Kindle for this next one, and I don't remember what it was. So I was trying to open the Kindle app to see, but the quote is, she wore dark clothes and tried not to be noticed. She pretended she wasn't smart and never raised her hand in class. She disguised her own nature so well that after a while, that after a while, she grew uncertain of her own ability. What are you looking for? Dude, I don't know. I was looking for a highlight. How do I do that? My notes. Uh, Do you take notes in your Kindle? Yeah. Oh yeah, you do. Show notebook. Oh, here we go. Oh, (laughs) Never mind. What? Never mind. All I wrote was my life story. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that she never raised her hand and never, you know, she grew uh, uncertain of her own ability. <laughs> my life story. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Okay. Sally dreamed of ranch houses and white picket fences. <laughs> I was thinking of ranch, like the dressing. Oh, I'm so, so hungry. You see, it's like ranch dressing, my life story. <laughs> <laughs> When she woke in the morning and looked out to see the black metal spikes that surrounded them, tears formed in her eyes. 
It was Sally the aunts brooded about. Sally who cooked nutritious meals every night and washed up afterward, who did the marketing on Tuesdays and hung the laundry out on Thursdays. So the sheets and towels would smell fresh and sweet. The aunts tried to encourage her not to be so good. And then when we do the Jillian episode, we'll see the the contrast. Um, And this is the last one I have for you from Practical Magic. This is not to say that Sally didn't try her best to fall in love. She was thoughtful and deep with amazing powers of concentration. And for a while, she accepted offers to go to movies and dances and take walks around the pond down by the park, down at the park. Boys who dated Sally in high school were astounded by how long she could concentrate on a single kiss. And they couldn't help but wonder what else she might be capable of. 20 years later, many of them were still thinking thinking of her when they shouldn't. But she had never cared for a single one of them or could and could never even remember their names. She wouldn't go out with the same boy twice because, in her opinion, that wouldn't be fair. And she believed in many things like fairness back then, even in matters as strange and unusual as love. Love. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Woo! Right. Yeah, woo! <laughs> ah, that was a doozy. No. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. I make it fun. It is fun. Cleopatra. Cleopatra. The rules of magic. So Sally and Jillian were 13 months apart. All right. So if that random person on Wikipedia is, or Wiki, whatever that Wiki site is. So then Jillian's. So then they must both be. Oh, 13 months, 13 months apart. But so then Jillian would be in November and a November, early December baby. When is that Capricorn? No, Sagittarius. You were right. Yeah. You get you. Yeah. Your birthday's coming up. So they were 13 months apart as different okay what as different as chalk from cheese <laughs> alice got that? creative in this book as different as chalk from cheese <laughs> um but best friends all the same a good thing for there were no other children for miles the girls liked to climb trees surrounding their house and often had tea parties with their stuffed animals aloft using the branches as the table and chairs when they concentrated they could make the wind come out of nowhere and shake the branches and then they will laugh and hold on for dear life. Sally would open her hands and birds would come, come fly to her as if they'd been called. And Sally was stubborn and not afraid to talk back. So here's where I kind of like, um, I kind of skimmed a little bit through rules of magic and kind of picked out things that I kind of um, acknowledged or kind of like took note of. So Regina, their mother in rules of magic at the end, describes um how regina wasn't worried about jillian who loved to walk on a tightrope between the trees but cautious sally was another story so even as a child sally was she erred more on the side of caution usually firstborns are aren't they yeah i think so at least that's how i am anyway my brother like he he couldn't get out of here fast enough he like (laughs) graduated high school and went just left the state never came home (laughs) (laughs) she actually had regina had to remind sally when she was little um when she would tuck her into bed at night she would say don't live a little live a lot i love that so much yeah and i lot i thought that was interesting that even as a child like sally was still cautious and she still even had to be reminded as a kid to just let go and let loose and have fun and just be a kid but she Mm -hmm. was always even even then as a kid she was always just reserved and afraid to take risks even with her mother still around which is interesting right exactly oh well you know why because apparently i think 
April, her grandmother, Regina's mother, um, April sat her down and had to talk with her and kind of told her the deal and like what to expect and like what happens to the Owenses. So I think mm. that probably traumatized Sally as a kid a little bit, like knowing all of that right off the bat. Leave and, it to April, man. Right. And she was kind of like the burdened with this information from a very young age. So she kind of like always had that in the back of her mind. How Sally handled the news of her parents' death as a child. Um, so it says Sally, dark and serious, sat on the bed and held the babysitter's hand to calm her. This was the moment Sally had been dreading when the, the life they had enjoyed was turned upside down. Her grandmother had confided here. Yeah, here it is. Her okay. grandmother had confided that it happened to everyone sooner or later. Sally had always thought it would be later, but as it turned out, it was now. Oh. So, so yeah. So I guess her grandmother confiding in her and telling her all that stuff as a kid, like really fucked her up. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, yeah. Really, it, it really, like she just, I guess, harbored on that notion that, that shit was going to hit the fan sooner or later. And like, and I guess that's why Jillian is so like, la, 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 la. She's so flighty. She like very carefree because she was never burdened with that information. Sally, Sally kind of- is the first Owens to have a filter. It doesn't sound like any other Owens woman yeah. gives a fuck. And she's just spilling the beans because she's like, oh, I'm helping. I'm preparing them. No, no child you're, trauma. You're, you're tra- traumatizing this poor child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess when once it happens, once you know her parents actually do pass away, then she's like, Oh fuck, this is this isn't a joke. This curse is real. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of just how it follows her, whether it's just death or if it if it's actually the curse. Like if you tell a child that and that and then it happens, they're gonna be mm-hmm. like, Oh fuck, we are cursed. Oh you know? yeah, 100 Yeah. So she probably carried with that her her whole life. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So when Sally's babysitter reveals to young Sally and Jilly that the sheriff's office will be sending someone over to take them into custody after their parents pass, Sally turns to the babysitter uh, because she was a take charge sister. And in this moment, it was clear that she had better begin to do so or take charge for that. Like, yeah, I was saying she has to take charge. All right. So she asked the sitter to make a phone call. And after the babysitter, the babysitter declines because she was crying and she was way too upset. So even as a child, Sally is forced to play the adult and be the problem solver, even though they had a babysitter who was supposed to be caring for them and supposed to be doing the responsible thing as an adult kind of left Sally like this babysitter is useless. She just crumbles. <laughs> Sally is very pragmatic. And <clears throat> Excuse this me. poor child to once again, pick up the pieces mm-hmm. and be the adult and that is so unfortunate was for Sally. I have a question was Regina the wild one and because April was kind of wild but I think they talk about Regina being like real real crazy like um, driving too fast so even just having like a wild mom where mm-hmm. maybe she wasn't like a mom mom <laughs> you know and Sally had yeah. to be that way from the very beginning taking care of like all the little things that a mom would yeah we'll have to um read more about uh did we say regina yeah regina Regina. Mm -hmm. yeah sally was always burdened with the task of cleaning up the mess picking up the pieces being the strong one to hold it together for everyone else even as a child so she tells jillian no one is splitting us up and she takes it upon herself after the babysitter goes and bees her useless self she goes (laughs) to find the phone and she finds aunt bridget and francis's phone number she reassures jillian she tells she told jillian granny said that if anything ever happened i should call our family um and jillian also had no idea jillian goes we have a family (laughs) so she's so oblivious jillian so it's (laughs) 
interesting to see the dynamic that nobody tells Jillian anything. Right, right. Well, maybe, maybe they do, or maybe she's a Sagittarius and hears what she wants to hear and just <laughs> disregards everything else. Could be. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Sagittarians in my personal experience anyway, they don't, they don't want to think about crisis. It's like kind of like the last thing on our minds. So when <laughs> crisis does happen, we're like, fuck. And yeah. Then, then we kind of worry about it then we never have kind of like a plan <laughs> i can't wait to talk about jillian in the other the next uh yeah, yeah. What, are, what are we doing character analysis episode yeah um so yeah so jillian's like we have a family um so even as kids it's it's interesting to see that jilly jilly is the oblivious one and sally is always the one kind of leading the way um and sally had this like kind of responsible kind of intuition she knew what she had she knew what had to be done in a crisis she she never got too wrapped up in her emotions. She just got done what she knew she needed to get done in that moment, um, just to kind of try to keep everybody going and keep mm -hmm. the pieces together. So she tells Jillian to go pack lightly because they were going to have to travel from California to Massachusetts to go live with the aunts. Um, so to just give a better idea of why Sally is probably so uptight well into her, into her adulthood, she had to play the role of the adult and the caretaker from the moments her parents died. She even had to tell the people at the funeral parlor that her parents should be dressed in black with no shoes. So what child at that age has to do the planning for the parents funeral? Yeah. You know? I don't even think that's illegal. <laughs> I don't know if that would be a yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe the book cool. Like, I don't know if yeah. that would apply these days, but I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, if there are no other adult figures around other than this babysitter, who's just fucking useless. Yeah. Uh, like, how else would they know like what the family wanted or how they wanted to be buried if the only other person around is this child like the child mm -hmm. would know if like what the parents wishes were I guess if they were related that information and they were prepared for it ahead of time which I, I think probably I think it might have said that April kind of explained or no I think she said that mommy said that uh grandma April was buried the same way with black without her shoes without her shoes so I think that's how she she knew because I think they remembered the grandmother's funeral and that's how if I'm in the Owens family girl I'm taking out life insurance policies left <laughs> and right I don't know and it could be it sounds like also like maybe like you would think uh, at least uh April you know, would make she, I wonder if she was able to make her own arrangements. Like, I, like kind of like Bridget, doesn't Bridget kind of make her, her own, uh, planning. Shouldn't you do um, that anyway, as an adult, you know, have, have something in mind. I don't, I don't know the full scope of the last book. All I know about Bridget is that she got her omen about the seven days. By the way, is this the ring? Did you see that movie? It's like, I wonder if she got a phone like, <laughs> days. Like, no, it was, yeah, it was like, yeah, the, the death watch beetle. What if the death watch beetle was actually on the phone and the death watch beetle was like seven days. What if he says, says it like, it's, um, uh, Miss Bridget, it's seven days from now. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Click. <laughs> like how he's like a nice Southern gentleman. He's super, super respectable. Super polite. A little top hat, a little bowler hat. A little, uh, devil's coach horse. <laughs> <laughs> all right where were we <laughs> uh the sally calls francis so yeah so sally does the planning for the parents funeral she calls aunt francis to let her know that her parents died and they are now coming to live with them so even on the plane 
Jillian is sick, vomiting into a paper bag. Sally is still acting the role of the caretaker. She basically is taking care of Jillian on this whole flight. She she hands Jillian's puke-filled bag to the flight attendant. Oh. So Sally makes it a point and she tells her sister to pack light, pick her favorite stuffed animals, um, you know, all that stuff. But Sally packs practical things. She packs her toothbrush, toothpaste, photographs of their parents, a comb, a pajama, and slippers, and like, that's it. Does it um, ever say how old they are when this happens? I don't know, but I, I'm guessing that they're no more than 10. I can't, I can't yeah. see them any or any older than 10. Right. Um, okay. So the aunts are aware of Sally's talents as soon as the girls arrive at the house on Magnolia Street when they walk up the path to the Owens house. And sparrows were nesting, oh wait, sparrows were nesting in the twisted wisteria. So this is kind of like what I started saying before, how um, in the book verse movie episode that we talked about, Sally had all these like very apparent magical powers and things mm-hmm. about her um, that we saw in the movie, like right up front. But in the book, I think we said that we didn't really notice any kind of like outright powers other than her like mixing. I don't even know if she mixed her potions in the book because she didn't have an apothecary, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't do her true love spell. So her being this like herbalist, like it wasn't really a thing in the book. So there wasn't really anything in the book that pointed to any kind of like magical thing that she kind of um, had going on. But in the rules of magic and I don't know if this was mentioned in practical magic I don't remember this being mentioned mm-hmm. but apparently she had a connection with birds just like Jetty d- did in rules that's of magic. neat yeah I don't think she does it seems like with each book <clears throat> the, the all the Owens women get more and more powers right you know what okay. I mean it's just that's why I love the first book so much is because it's so, so unsaid practical. yeah it's so yeah. practical it is so practical so in this kind of scene when um Sally and Julie come to live with the aunts uh I think was it Jet yeah Jet kind of takes note of Sally's connection with the birds because it's I guess that that same sparrow it might have been uh do you think do you think this was on the solstice because remember this the whole thing about the sparrow how the sparrow flew it flies in oh my gosh what if they did show up on the solstice yeah wouldn't that be some shit because whoa because Jet, as we remember in the beginning of Rules of Magic, Jet, Vincent, and um, Francis, they they visit Isabel at the Magnolia Street house for the first time on the solstice. I also have, this is like totally off the rail. This is like digging me really deep. In Practical Magic, I, she probably came up with the concept afterward, but the solstice thing, the girls live there for most of their like preteen, teenage life. No other Owens women were coming at age 17 right. to that house to learn shit. Right. Yeah. So this could, this could may have well been on the solstice. It might not have been. I'm only, I'm only comparing this to the solstice because of the the mention of the sparrow and the sparrow Mm -hmm. was, was there when Mm -hmm. Sally and Jillian arrived and Sally holds out her hand and the sparrow flits over to, to Sally, sits in the center of her palm and Sally, she goes, hello, comforted by the warmth of the bird and its bright eyes. And Jetty, Jet, acknowledges this and she goes how unusual and she I can just hear her say that how unusual like like how (laughs) unusual I don't know like she knows like she's oh she's like me yeah so she tosses a knowing look at Franny and um she kind of acknowledges that there's another Owens woman now whom birds flock to on their own accord and Jillian goes it always happens she doesn't even have to whistle and Franny yeah Franny goes 
uh, she goes, really? Then, then she's clearly a very talented girl. Um, so I guess at that point, like they kind of acknowledge right away Sally's talents right off the bat or her gifts and her connection to animals and nature right off the bat. And I, got, I guess also because Jetty has the same, that same kind of connection with birds. So I guess they kind of had this unspoken kinship, like they just felt like they knew each other. And then another thing, another um, thing that they kind of make clear at the end of the Rules of Magic when Sally and Jillian were very little, Sally was very stubborn and she was very sassy and not afraid to talk back. And she kind of back sasses the aunts a little bit <laughs> each other, which I thought was really cute. Which I thought was interesting because because Sally was always the one that was very like, you know, very in line. I felt mm-hmm. like I felt like Jilly would have been more of the bratty one to kind of like talk back because she was more well, rebellious, you know? I think maybe um in for Sally, like it's more of like I know I know a better way than you or like you're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure having Jillian as a little sister is always doing it wrong. <laughs> so even if Sally's doing it the wrong way, in her mind, she's always right. Right. Something like that. For sure. I think Sally's just so used to being the adult and having to know all the details and having mm-hmm. to pick up the pieces. She probably did feel kind of like a little bit of a competition. Like, like, yeah, you're the aunt, so maybe you're older than me, but I've had to fend for my sister and I. Since much. the day I was born, since the day I she was born. born, I've been doing this job. Exactly. We just came to you for a room, please. <laughs> exactly. Free rent. Free rent. So- and, the, and the cookies and chocolate and the brownies. That's right. That's all I had for Rules of Magic, but that was, um, those were all of the things that I kind of acknowledged and picked out of there and how Sally, like, it's kind of apparent, like, why Sally is the way she is as an adult because of you know she had to grow up really fast as a kid I even wonder, before her parents passed away I'm wondering if like back in California if she because when they moved to Maria's Island just maybe because of the history connection there that she's um the her problems or her um not wanting to be out of control or not having not wanting to have things out of line is made worse by like the kids bullying her and like pushing her to feel like she has to fit this mold but I'm wondering if in California like she had friends like she had like we can only speculate like how her life was in California like was Regina did she show her how to do anything did you know how what was that relationship like I'd be curious to see I'm under the impression that Regina because they talked a little bit about April right the grandmother and how the grandmother will kind of like take Sally aside and kind of like tell her and kind of warn her about things that were coming up in life. So I'm under the impression that maybe Regina and Daniel, the husband, the father of Sally and Jilly, I'm under the impression that they were kind of travelers and they were probably left with the grandmother a lot. That's mm-hmm. that's the impression that I get. Yeah, I can see that. Because they died. They well, first they got in that kayaking accident or whatever, like their boat or overturned. And then they're and then remember when they were on the honeymoon? And then the 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 built the I guess the room that they were in caught fire. They they perished in the fire, right? So to that to me, that says that they were out traveling a lot. And maybe that was just the honeymoon, but there could have been other instances where they were traveling and left with the grandmother a lot. That's true. Their relationship, Regina and Daniels, reminds me a lot of um Maria's like real mom and dad. You know, he was like a, a minstrel. He was a play, a what do they call him? They had a weird name for him. Yeah, like a performer, like a, a theater performer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of living oh, the the nomadic life, you know, right. loving yeah. loving life, loving each other. Mm-hmm. So, that's definitely that's the vibe I, I got. I get from yeah. them. So they could have been just, you know, with April, the grandma, the whole time, and mm-hmm. that's kind of like I don't know. Okay. That's what they had to kind of be their own parents 
Yeah. They, only, they only had this one old lady in their ear, like, oh, everyone you love is going to die one day. Like, I know in their ear their whole childhood so she's so cynical too in that in that book as a young april as a youngster so uh jaded yeah is that the right word yeah yeah Yeah. and is do you think it's a little ironic that's why she like she kind of like got it at the end when she got poisoned by that spider bite she kind of like poisoned herself with her own bullshit oh i see i see your connection i was like the fuck (laughs) i I see it yeah that's okay no I'm sorry I'm sorry I got it now I was just thinking like it's kind of ironic how her whole life she was like this cynical bitch and then like the spider at the end was like all right you want some you want some real poison I'm gonna give it to you like (laughs) she kept them as pets girl it's been a long time since I read this story yeah yeah did she did she keep them as pets I don't remember I just I just reread this and I already forget like I don't (laughs) know it's fine I don't remember she kept them as pets. I just remember her just like dying from a spider bite. Okay. How she bit, that's how she bit the dust at the end. All right. So next in the series is Magic Lessons. And there's nothing about Sally in that book because it's Maria's timeline in the late 1600s. Um, and then the last book in the series is called Book of Magic. And that bumps us up to like present day. And uh, the girl, um, Antonia and Kylie are older, they're in college. Um, So here are some excerpts out of Book of Magic. So it says, unfortunately, Sally Owens couldn't hold on to love and everyone knew it. She's been (laughs) a victim of her family's curse, not once, but twice. You could say three times because she lost her parents, but I guess that's not like her loving them, but it's still lost. Yes. She was quite young when she first married a forbidden act that could only end badly. A forbidden act are they not supposed to get married well no because they're not supposed to fall in love right no yeah so this is interesting so um alice hoffman adds a little bit about michael she says um sally her husband michael a school friend and her father and the father of her girl so he was a school friend it doesn't say in practical magic that they were mates. no no it doesn't say that and there was i see you have it here i was going to bring this up to you too the inconsistency with the death with his death oh i didn't write this i just copied and pasted this from the book oh so you (laughs) oh oh so okay (laughs) read read the rest of this right now and tell me Tell me this is not the okay. biggest freaking inconsistency. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. A school friend and the father of her girls had been a local boy and the first to ask her out. He was cursed with an untimely death, a victim of bad luck and bad weather struck by lightning. Yes. Yeah. What? Alice, how could you? Alice, <laughs> what happened here, Alice? Interessante. Huh. Like, I don't. The book, both the book and the movie, he got hit by the car, right? Right. What is this? What is Maybe this? she was trying to bring the lightning thing back around, like the Gary thing. Come on, but like, like if your audience is following you for that long, you can't just like sneak that in there and expect nobody to bat an eye. Come on now. All right. Sally was uh, embittered and even more standoffish than she'd been as a girl. In Sally's opinion, a life without magic was preferable. And she had done her best to ensure that her daughters wouldn't live with the cloud of the curse above them. Spying danger in every kiss. Uh, and then you added something down here. Go if you would like to take this away. So I was just going to say, um, we don't have to put this part in, but I was going to say we should talk a little bit about how we think Sally's upbringing and past traumas. I think we already talked about that before we took the break on um, the passing of her grandmother, then her parents and her spouses. Um, I think all of that has shaped her into the reserved, cautious and eventually bitter woman that she has become by the by the fourth book in the beginning of the book anyway because i hadn't read past like oh, oh no she's a bitch through the whole thing oh okay okay Excuse Good me. <laughs> um so clearly her childhood and all her past traumas the accumulation of all of this over her entire life up until this point 
of Book of Magic. It's just made her a very bitter person. I can't blame her. Because she's, I think in her mind now at this point, she's like, oh, it's definitely the curse. She's blaming it on this curse. So she's bitter about this curse instead of just accepting that life loss happens. Loss happens. And, and just learning to deal and just learning to how to grieve properly instead of harboring on this curse. Sorry. Our Death Watch Beetle thing should have been Death Watch Beetle hashtag loss happens. Loss that. <laughs> so fucked but oh, it is but it's so true oh. and I I just wish that somebody would be like dude Sally go to some grief counseling do mm-hmm. some kind of like he like healing work or something like she's she needs she needs help she needs therapy she needs to kind of I guess come to terms with what has been happening to her throughout her whole entire life yeah she never from what we read in the books never seeks outside right. help she never seeks out help. It's kind of always brushed under the rug. She's kind of left to her own devices to kind of like deal with all of this tragedy that's happened in her life. And instead of just grieving and allowing herself the space to grieve properly and just realizing that like loss is a part of life and it's going to happen, like she just just continues to blame it on this curse. Right. Right. She's, she doesn't have any like tools or steps for like, there's no timeline of grief. And right. somebody, I think, I don't know if it was popcorn psychology or what it's not, it's not the seven, is it seven steps or five steps? I don't remember. Grief. It's not steps. It's like a rainbow. It's cyclical. Like you're going to just ebb and flow through these steps of grief and yeah. it's going to always bubble up and, and she's not processing it. Just like if you, I think they were like, if you, uh, I'm not a psychologist, we are advocating for mental health and, right. you know, right. seek, <laughs> seek out, uh, the help you need from professionals. Exactly. And I just think that she's just become so bitter and pent up with this resentment just because she's never been able to release all of all of those feelings of grief in a proper way, you know? Yeah. She never ha- has anybody to kind of help guide her through through those feelings. Feeling like she's always got to hold her family together. It's not surprising at all that she's she's choosing to try to do this on her own. You know what I mean? Not, not, we're not, ta- I'm not talking about Ian. I'm talking about just losing Michael. You know, I'm right. not even going for the other books because you're definitely right. She is, she's uh much, much deeper, darker, bitter in the other books, but in, in the movie, you know, she's visibly um not handling it. <laughs> yeah. In the, but in the movie, she seems more hopeful. She seems yes. lighthearted about yes. her loss. Um, but in this fourth book, the book of magic, she's just like, I was, when I, I'm only like probably halfway through the first chapter and I'm like, damn, Sally got, what the fuck fuck happened? She's entering her Scorpio full, full blown Scorpio. Alone. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know this Sally. That's this is a Mm -hmm. different Sally. Interesting, Uh, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I'm, that's why I'm like, I didn't, I've only read a the first portion of this book so far and I'm already like I'm, I'm wondering like how if her attitude changes again throughout the course of the book um so I'm I'm interested to see how this one um turns out so mm-hmm. yeah I haven't finished this one yet but I can't wait to talk about this one when I do yeah we're I think um I'll have to reread it also because I really only read it the one time and I'm gonna try to go through it again with like an unbiased mindset because I don't know if I liked it all that much the first time. However, for this podcast, for people who might end up, I I think I told 
you this a couple of days ago. I really hope this podcast encourages people to go read these books. Like yeah. the movie's awesome, but the books are cool for a whole different myriad of reasons. So we there is spoiled everything for them already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's somebody out there who is going to like this fourth book and I want to do it justice. Yeah, yeah, but but not for nothing. I'm like, Michael, you did not get struck by lightning. What are you doing? <laughs> Michael has done dirty. <laughs> He didn't even get a last name in the book. Did he get it in the book? I don't, I don't I think don't he know. had it in the book. It was in the movie we talked about. He was credited. Okay. All right. I think we're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we will end up pulling a card from the Inner Witch Oracle, uh, as we usually do. And um, we're going to actually get into some personality tests. So we're not only going to do like, we're going to check out like the Myers-Briggs. We're going to try to take this test as if we were Sally. Um, and then speculate on some of those answers. And we might actually have, if you, do you, do you want to do the other, the other tests we have lined up too? Um, we, what do we have? The Enneagram, the, we're going to do the, and we have, um, the Pottermore. We're going to see what, how Sally would be. <laughs> Did you, have you done that one? What no, house wait, are you in? Like, oh, I think I'm a Slytherin, honestly. Me too. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> <lie>, bitches. <laughs> All right, guys, we will be right back after the short break. Hey, we're the Stinas, and you're listening to the Magnolia Street Podcast. Are you hearing demon whispers? I got my demon whispers. It's a pample males. That's your favorite one, isn't it? I like this, the key lime, this one, and that limoncello. I'm scared to try other ones. Erin loves the coconut one, and I think you like it too. I do. It tastes like sunscreen. I know. That's why I like it. It reminds me of the beach. Yeah. Reminds me of sitting on a beach. Love it. Uh, oh man. Uh, is your coffee right. still warm? No, it's like the very end of it though. So I'm just like, yeah, it's just like disaster. All right. Guys, welcome back. We're gonna do a card pull from the Inner Witch Oracle. Does um do any of the characters have their own cards? No, so I we're think- gonna, okay. We're gonna have to do a shuffle this time then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to write down our thing. I know oh, okay. I wanted oh, okay. oh, no, I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> nothing i was gonna say um fuck what was i gonna say (laughs) you're talking about characters in the oracle card deck oh yeah so i was thinking it might be cool like down the line here's another one of my crazy sagittarius like overly ambitious to one of my ideas okay add this Mm -hmm. okay so her first one was was our own line of our seltzer uh, our own line of yeah hard seltzers yeah that's the first one so we're going to come out with a line of heart seltzers called Demon Whispers. It's already mm-hmm. been, it's already been trademarked, patent pending. So don't try to steal it. because Intellectual we'll property, 2022, we'll 23. Find, we'll find you and sue the shit out of you. All right. <laughs> and um, the, the, my next idea was to do an Oracle deck, like, but a podcast themed practical magic Oracle deck. What do you so mean? So like the Death Watch Beetle would just be Coffin Cutter. It would Ooh, be- sweet so it would like be like you know little inside <gasps> things from the podcast that would be and then the house one would be cornices or trusses trusses <laughs> sweet oh, yeah. i'm down yeah it'll, it'll be it'll be a little different a little bit of a different take on Sal- what would sally's be loss happens <laughs> oh no oh, oh, <laughs> michael's would be tour de france 
Well, my girls would be just a lightning bolt and a question mark. Like, yeah, really. <laughs> it would be the car. It would be the car from. Uh, is it Cars? Doesn't he have the lightning bolt on him? You know the the Disney oh, movie Pixar movie like Cars. Lightning McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet, we got this. Queen. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's our that's our next idea. We're Sweet. just putting all of our stupid, ambitious, overly ambitious ideas on a list, and then maybe just- one. one- one day you guys can help us make them happen. Justina slowly turning me into a Sagittarius. <laughs> I'm for it. Oh, you're just like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I'm going to do all of this. I'm like, write it down though. Write it down. You're like, no, 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 no. I don't need it. I don't need that shit. <laughs> I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Lists are for bitches. <laughs> we Sagittarius make shit happen. Yeah. No, I need, I need your fire. We talked about this, the tenacious and the D. Yeah, we are the tenacious and the D. All right, I'm going to pull a card. Ready? Ooh, the inner circle, which is the strength card. That's beautiful. If you guys can't, well, you guys can't see this because this is an audio podcast, but this is actually, (laughs) it's a a circle of brooms, which is actually one of the songs. Wonderful. When we redo, well, it's going to be down the line, but when we do talk about our circle of brooms song, we'll pull that one back out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Cool. Yeah. We can revisit this. Um. So this card has all of the elemental symbols on it, like the little triangle line drawings mm. of like fire water. Mm-hmm. So this says this, the meaning of this card on the card, it says strength. And then on the top of the book where the meaning is, it says strength, but it also says togetherness. So this is very interesting. This is an interesting card to pull for when we're talking about Sally, how we were just talking about how she takes on a lot of the brunt of her own. Um, like she feels like she has to do it all and be the one person to keep everything together and everything in line and everything falls on her. And this is why I think she's a Virgo because she doesn't know how to delegate and she's very much like if I don't do it somebody oh, else is yeah. going to fuck it up. So yep, we just talked she, about that. She doesn't know how to relinquish that control and I think that's a little bit me and you, Christina, we're both Virgo ascendings. So we have a little bit of those qualities. And we're this, working on it. And this podcast has kind of been of a little bit of a test for the both of us in kind of this partnership and being able to relinquish control to each other and kind of give up a little bit of that control so we can both kind of simultaneously make this happen as a unit, not as just one person here and we're a person there. We have to be on the same page a lot. Yes, exactly. And if y'all are on our Patreon, we actually did a, uh, a bonus. <clears throat> um, Justina got a tarot reading done a while back, like beginning of October. And we kind of talk about the relinquishing of mm-hmm. uh, the need for control and how it's just an illusion anyway. So yeah. go listen to that. So yeah, that's a great episode. It's a nice juicy morsel for you to bite your <laughs> yeah. Um, but this card, the very first line was like, this card is this card was for this episode, which is awesome. So it says strength and togetherness. The very first line is you could do it alone, but you don't have to. What the fuck? Right. How about that? Yeah. That's- Shut up that the cards never lie. So it says there is great strength in numbers. Rise up to gather the needed energy and courage from those from these bonds. This is also a message to reach out and fully connect with all of the elements. So that kind of brings that ties in the little elemental symbols and at the bottom. Um, not all witches practice with others. Some are solitary witches. Um, these witches gain power and strength by connecting and honoring the elements. So if you are not part of a coven and you don't work well with other people, and sometimes, you know, some people are just better solitary and on their own. Um, but if you want to kind of harness that power of togetherness, 
and um, unity. It's good to honor the elements because you have the earth, the air, the fire, the water. You have uh, that group on your side, I guess this is what it's trying to say. I like that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, I guess, because this inner circle and the movie, this I'm talking about the movie, you know, Sally, the whole movie, she's kind of like, she feels like she has to go at it alone because Jillian's far away. The aunts, you know, they kind of like do what the fuck they want. They meddle mm-hmm. in her love life. She feels like she has no control when she finds out that like, that wasn't her free will. That was actually just a love spell. Like oh. that, that must've driven her Virgo ass freaking crazy. Uh, yeah. Then- that she didn't ha- even have control over the person she married and had children with. Wow, yeah. I feel like she, like a lot of that movie, she just felt very alone, very isolated, very in the dark. And once she realized that she had this like system of women, like the phone tree to rely on, ultimately, like all of those people who she thought ostracized her and, you know, wouldn't be on her side, like when it came down to it, like they all came through in the end. And- it's all about asking, isn't it? You know, like you would be fucking surprised how many people will, will do or support what you need to. You just have to ask. 100%. And guess what? When she phoned everybody, when she put the word through the phone tree, everyone was like, so excited. Yeah. Ask them. Yeah, they were. That's so cute. Right. Yeah. Even even that one woman, Sarah, Mm -hmm. who like I I wanted to see inside your house ever since I was a little girl. It's crazy how like- when you make up in your head, you can make up in your head that you have these villains, but ultimately there might, they might just be people that want to be your friend when it comes. When down she to says it. that though, I always took it as like, uh, she was, she was like grasping at something nice to say, like she didn't have anything else nice. So she was right. like, I've always wanted to see inside your house. Kind of yeah. like, yeah, I, it could, it could have been taken. And she was way. nervous. For sure. And, you know, there was always that little bit of animosity. I mean, they say high school never ends and there's always part of you that like knows certain people from high school and you know that they're, di- they're completely different people. Don't now. waste your time on it. <laughs> you're already. Okay. Um, but like, you know, we're all adults now. We're all different people now. Like we know how to socialize in a healthy way now. Hopefully. And, yeah. You know, hopefully. Yeah. For the most part anyway. And there might be still some passive aggressive assholes left over from high school, but I feel like for the most part, people grow the fuck up. And, but it's funny how high school never ends in the sense that we all have these children. We all still have those children voices inside of our head mm-hmm. that kind of like still, um, we, we can put ourselves right back in that same position where we met that same person that said that one fucked up thing to us in school that we're still holding on to. Oh, and yeah. you still think that they're that type of person. Yeah. You know? So I feel like it was a little bit of that too with that girl, Sarah, like a little bit of childhood animosity. But now they're both realizing that they're both women, they're both adults. They can put the past behind them and kind of move forward in this sisterhood that's like, really nice and supportive I think the transition like between the phone tree day where we see her because like I don't know how a phone tree works I don't know if you're voted and then like the list gets made I don't know but when Jillian shows up Sarah like I don't think Sarah personally has it out for Sally at this time I think what's the saying like but when Jillian comes in Sarah does this like like it always reminds me of like a chicken like ruffle ruffling its feathers like getting all squared up up. yeah Mm -hmm. she's all riled up because it's a threat and sally had never been a threat and maybe she had seen sarah always as as that threat that which which you're a bitch you know uh where was i going with this like oh but then it takes like a 
a crisis. You y'all put your aside your differences. And what's that one girl say? Like I've I've heard about being strung up by a guy before, but this. So I don't know what Sally was said over the phone. Like we need, I need your help because my sister's going through a hard time, or I need your help because, but I need your help. Yeah. Was she probably had never said that before? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I think that took a lot for her to say that because for the longest time, she felt like she was the only one that had any control over her whole life. Mm-hmm. You know? Even since like, and if we're going back to the books, like since she was a kid, mm-hmm. so for a long time, I mean, even in the movie, right. She was seen kind of like coming to Jillian's rescue when she was getting rocks thrown at her and yeah. you know, even coming to the rescue when, when she called her on the phone, when Jimmy beat her up, like she's just constantly coming to the rescue for other people. Like, Mm -hmm. but she never ever asked anybody to come to the rescue for her. Like look at when Michael died, she kind of just clammed up and just sat in her bed for who knows how many months until Jillian came in and was like, what the fuck are you doing? You got to take care of your little girls. Like even the aunts just kind of left Sally to her own devices. And there were they probably were like, well, it's our own fault because we did this to her. So they probably mm, felt had felt that guilt, guilt in there. They felt a lot of guilt. So they probably were like, let's just leave her to her own devices. She'll come out when she's ready to come out. There was a portion, I, I don't know why I didn't include it, but in Practical Magic, I think in the book, they said, don't they say like, you know, she was pretty standoffish, but if you needed, if you, if you needed somebody to watch your kids on a Friday night, she would be there. If you needed this, she would be there. So even for the townspeople, she's like going the fuck out of her way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of the Virgo people pleasing uh, mm-hmm. aspect for mm-hmm. sure. This is why I think she's a Virgo. Interesting. Is there, is there more on the card? I'm sorry. I keep interrupting um, you. We get well, no, it's so okay. excited about this shit. Um, It's crazy how like this card was just like so perfect for this discussion. It is. So that was as far as like the meaning on the card, but then like, as I've said in previous episodes, the inner witch Oracle by grounded by the moon, he does a really cool thing. He, he kind of adds a little bit of proactive spell work that you can do with each card. So for this card, he says, deepen your connection with rope magic. Grab a piece of rope and make five knots, a knot for each element while speaking the affirmation with each knot, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. When you're finishing the fifth knot, take a moment and gain the energy from it. Utilize it on your altar or make it into a bracelet. And then the there's a mantra on the bottom that says, we are stronger together. So if you're having a little trouble asking for help, or if you need some group support and you want to make it easier for yourself, I guess, if you if you have trouble relinquishing control, mm-hmm. um, maybe... If you have this deck, put this card on your altar, altar space, meditate on it, kind of try to harness the power of the elements um, to give you that strength and courage to just, I guess, ask, ask for the help you need. Um, yeah. Like, like Christina said, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to jump to, to want to help you with whatever you need. So totally, totally yeah. awesome. Perfect card. I wrote that down for our notes and I think it's our $3 tier on our Patreon that gets uh, these show notes so we can look back on yep, yep. some of these goodies. Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of car we think Sally's driving? I, I'm, uh, I'm ready. Oh, you want me to say, or do you, did you speculate on this too? I was thinking, well, you kind of nailed it too, but like something economical. However, I'm going to go a different direction and say that she never actually got her own car. Well, in the book, in the book, it says that Michael fixes up the aunt's old car. Um, I don't know if it ever says what kind of car it is, but in my, in like my mind in movie Sally, 
like the ants are fly as fuck and they probably have like a t-bird or something like something real slick mm-hmm. and she's walking around town wherever but i think she takes the aunt's car out for for a nice ride every now and then okay yeah i was i was gonna say she probably has some some kind of like cheap but like a like safe economy car that gets good gas to the mileage or like a volvo <laughs> yeah, yeah or i put i put like even some well volvos are a little on the pricey end i was saying i was gonna say because i think sally is very she's probably a very frugal person mm. so probably something like a kia or like a toyota corolla or prius <laughs> <laughs> she is eco conscious eco exactly and also i think she's probably been like driving the same car for decades yeah uh, and it's in, probably in such good condition because she only ever drives it locally so her car has like no mileage on it and she never goes anywhere exactly that too and she's also like a recluse so she has like no real reason to drive it and if she does drive it it's only like to and from her job which is in town so yeah so yeah she she barely uses it and I have a feeling like she's very she's super on point with like all her oil changes and her car maintenance and I go she's very yeah and she knows how to stretch a dollar so I think that she's it's very yeah she's had this car for ages and it's a very economical economic econ- econ- <laughs> economical it's a it's a mechanical car <laughs> do you think in that scene where she's opening the shop to work on the shop do you think she parked somewhere and walked or do you think she walked from home oh good point yeah. um, I don't know because we don't we don't really know how far the center of town is from well it can't be far because remember that scene she was running after gary she ran all the way from the house into town to chase gary so it can't be that yes can't be that far okay so she could have have very well have walked yeah so that car is not getting any miles on it then that scraps our theory she don't even have a car she don't need a car (laughs) yes what kind of tea i'm gonna i i was curious to what she would like cook for like a sunday meal but we kind of get that uh, idea from from the practical magic book like she makes very at first she makes very healthy like well-balanced well-rounded meals but then she turned she becomes vegetarian mm-hmm. um so that that kind of shifts but we kind of get a sense of her cooking style in, yeah, in the books plain, but very plain jane meat and potatoes um she also but she also then she makes that spaghetti dinner when gary comes to visit in the books right true that yeah. is true yeah, yeah she was making like a tur- what the hell did that say earlier let me go back up to my talk Oh, here we go. It was um, the lunch boxes. Oh, yeah. P- packing up turkey and tomato sandwiches on holy bread, carrot sticks, ice oatmeal cookies. Delicious. Yeah, I uh, feel like it's very just like your typical American dinners. Oh, uh, yeah. What kind of tea do you think she drinks? Oh, she's probably definitely like an herbal. I think she's probably like a lavender, like a chamomile lavender or something. She's like always that. chilled the fuck out. She's, she's always, always just chilled. like, yeah. yeah, I don't think she, she has to be. I don't think she she drinks um any type of caffeinated black tea. I can't see her drinking that kind of tea. She when, obviously well, coffee. Right. So you she has her to drinking the her coffee. balance that with herbal tea. It could be decaf coffee. It could be decaf coffee. <laughs> well, we are speculating so hard. Like every aspect of it. It could be this, or it could be this. Yeah. 50-50 shot either way. Was it in the movie? Did she have cream in her coffee? That I think there was cream in that coffee. Did we well, see she was coffee? stirring it. The or stir was- is going. So she's stirring something in the coffee. Or was it black coffee? Well, would you, you have, have a stir? You stir black coffee, right? No. Right. So there had to be a cream or sugar in that coffee. Yes. <laughs> mm. Or stevia. She might not even use real sugar. I think she uses stevia. Or honey. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> all right if i'm concocting okay say it's like a like a tuesday 
morning. She's on her way to work. I think she's packing up. I think she's packing up um, some warm chai, mm. some warm chai with like elderberry syrup or something like that. Yeah, something very obscure for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it ain't gonna be no Earl Grey with sugar. Like, no. Nah. It ain't gonna be a London fog. That's yeah. that's not happening. <laughs> no Lipton. No Lipton for her. <laughs> <laughs> Lipton. Lipton. Sally Owens approved. <laughs> not approved. Not approved. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's her tea. What kind of you said alcohol besides margaritas is she drinking? Yeah. What do you think? My I was thinking because she's trying to be so normal, I think she'd be like uh like a Pinot or a, a Chardonnay or something. I was gonna go wine too. I was gonna go yeah. wine. I wasn't gonna go hard alcohol with her. Cause again, if she's if she's drinking herbal tea, she wants to chill the fuck out. So she's gonna have a glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's not a heavy red or anything. No, no, it's a light. It's light and fruity. Yeah, I could see her going like an apple crisp white wine or something like that. She likes herself a, a cider now and again. Ooh, I could see her being down with cider. <laughs> you think she likes rim jobs? <laughs> There's a side of Sally we do not know. Living on the edge. She's having sugar, <sighs> sugar rims. Um, I, especially as, if they're up from the Salem way, you know, she's all about those sugar rim jobs. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all over the place when I went. All right. Yeah, her the mark the margs are when she really lets loose. That's that's the only thing besides wine that I could see her. Yeah, I feel like the margs are only like a special occasion thing, and she only ever drinks them when the aunts do the midnight margarita spiel. Yeah. What about if she's going out like on a date on like a like say like so and so so John I don't know Steve. Hey, you want to go get a you want to go to like a pumpkin patch and like get a drink? She's, she's probably doing a wine. You think a wine? okay yeah. classy yeah i think she's about the winery life i can say okay okay because she borrows the aunt's hats and she fits right in yeah totally. yeah the hats all right we'll go with, we'll go with that okay and we <laughs> we're in agreement that like her coffee has i was thinking she would do black because like she's sort of like straight lay straightforward but in the movie she does have a stir which we talked about and it's stirring something yeah yeah so maybe it's the souls of all the men yeah she oh <laughs> Uh, like I like to speculate that I think she would put pineapple on her pizza. Think so? But she's a vegetarian. True. She needs a little flavor. Okay. Yeah. And and she's from New. Is I don't know. Where did that? Is that a Hawaiian thing? The pineapple on the pizza? Probably. I don't okay. know. I know that uh, this is probably unpopular opinion, but I'm not a pineapple pizza person. I'm not either. I could see her getting down with like a kale pizza. It sounds horrible, but I think oh, she would- <laughs> with like a cauliflower crust. <laughs> yeah, with a cauliflower. Yeah. Yeah. I would think she would be very like offbeat with her pizza choice. Like the normal person would be like, that sounds horrible, but she would enjoy <laughs> it to the fullest extent. There is a section. Here it is. Page 103 in Practical Magic. They're they're at the Kylie's birthday and they oh, go to order pizza. Pizzeria, right? What does she want? Yeah. She says, let's order. Uh, she said, let's get two pepperoni pizzas. And then Antonia says, you don't eat meat. Oh, and then it says, I'll have another glass of Chianti. There you go. She's a wine and she, uh, she's a veggie, per- she's a veggie pizza and a wino. So we kind of yes. nailed, we nailed it. Yeah. So she orders um, stuffed mushrooms and pasta. That's what she orders. Okay. There's lots of references to pizza in this book. What's next? I think we're going to talk a little bit about Myers-Briggs. Um, do you want to read the description? All right. So Myers-Briggs is basically is basically a personality test. In personality typology, the Myers-Briggs type indicator, M, 
SBTI is an introspective self-report questionnaire indicating differing psychological preferences and how people perceive the world and make decisions. The test attempts to assign a value to each of four categories, introversion or extroversion, sensing or intuition, thinking or feeling, and judging or perceiving. One letter from each category is taken to produce a four-letter test result such as INTJ or ESFP. Um, so basically this is like what like I don't know a 50 to 100 question questionnaire something of the sort? No um maybe like the the original one but when um it didn't take long for us to take justina took one and i took one and now we're gonna like uh see what sally's might be but justina and i actually got the same thing and i don't know if uh maybe in passing you've heard people be like oh what personality type are you this is what they're referring to most of the time is the um the the four letters all right so this test is from 16personalities.com there's degrees of you know it's not just agree or disagree like there's a scale <laughs> so okay, yes. there's like one little neutral bubble in the middle and then you have three degrees of agree and three degrees of disagree so okay. you either very strongly agree very strongly disagree or it's like kind of spot there's like gray areas it's not nothing is ever like hard or like you know agree or okay. disagree is your first question do you make friends regular do you regularly make friends is that your first yeah. question okay yeah. cool all right, I'm on the same spot. Um, I'm gonna go for this is Sally now, right? We're talking Sally. Yes. I'm gonna go with uh hard disagree. Okay, I agree. All right. So you spend a lot of your free time exploring various random topics that pique your interest. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like she'd be like a lot of the same, like the herbalism. Um yeah. I don't think she's deviating from from her usual day-to-day -day life. No, me either, but I think she probably reads a lot because as we saw in the car scene when jimmy starts spinning off his bullshit about louis lamour she correct she was oh. very she was very quick to correct him so she reads okay so do we want to i'm gonna do go with like a middle agree maybe middle agree okay yeah. i'm good with that all right so seeing other people cry can easily make you feel like you want to cry too agree you think you think she she's a little harder than that i think i'm going to the possession possession scene because like one woman starts crying and then everyone starts crying you know wait which scene uh when jillian's all possessed and she's like laying on the floor crying like all the other women are crying around her yeah but she she was crying first because it affected her personally but but i feel like this question is more like if sally saw other people cry would it make her want to cry hmm. i feel like she'd be a little more hardened to i don't know so slight like, can we do slightly disagree like the first little yeah, purple dot yeah. Okay. yeah all right so you often make a backup plan for a backup plan strong agree hard agree <laughs> you usually stay calm even under a lot of pressure i'm gonna put the, um, middle, the middle agree because in the crisis with the whole jimmy crisis she was the one that that kind of like had to kind of yeah but then we see her when gary shows up and she is freaking the fuck out mm, okay slight agree i'm gonna do little baby agree little baby agree yeah okay um it's weird like when she was helping jilly like she was well when she was helping jilly kind of get through jilly's whole crisis she was very calm was she though because she was like i have a life jilly i had normal i worked really really hard to get it normal and she is hyperventilating and so, you know, that's what i yeah. see okay okay you're right um but she does kind of pull through 
Um, and she goes, up, yeah. She's put under a lot of pressure. And even though she's under that pressure, she does pull through, but she does freak out a little bit. So yeah, I, I think I can agree. Baby agree. Baby agree. <laughs> okay. At social right. events, you rarely try to introduce yourself to new people and mostly talk to the ones you already know. Agree. Uh, well, well, do you think she's even at social events? <laughs> oh, there's no option for that. I know. I know. Okay. So hard agree. Hard agree. Hard agree. All right. Next. All you right. You prefer so- to completely finish one project before starting another. Hard agree probably, right? Okay. If she's a yeah, Virgo, Virgo. Mm-hmm. probably wants to focus on one thing at a time. Um, very sentimental. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with baby disagree because she's yeah. telling Jillian to like leave all her stuffed animals and stuff. Yeah. Um, But we speculated that her, or that she keeps Michael's ash- ashes maybe somewhere. Should we do neutral? Okay. Neutral. Um, You like to use organizing tools and schedules lists. Agree. I, I agree. love her planner. Her little planners are cool. <laughs> Even a small mistake can cause you to doubt your overall abilities and knowledge. Probably a hard agree, right? Yeah. Her whole life, she kind of brushed her gifts under the rug because yeah. of this. Why did she, the curse, right? Because she saw the aunts and what love did to other people. Yeah, I see that. So that one It's funny thing- that her, her like go-to, but like her go-to was to use magic to combat magic. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But in this regard, yes, I'm agreeing with you. The hard, hard agree. Okay. All right. So you feel comfortable just walking up to someone you find interesting and striking up a conversation. Hard disagree. Okay. Trying to think if she does she does that at all. I don't think so because because even in the phone tree scene, we kind of see her kind of cowering there. She's got her arms kind of crossed, her body language mm-hmm. is very closed off. Like so mm-hmm. she's probably known all of those women for a very long time. But even in in the presence of people who she's known for a long time, she even kind of like clams up a little bit. So I can't okay. imagine she would like walk up to anybody and just start a conversation yeah yeah i'm gonna go with the discussion. all right you are not too interested in discussing various interpretations and analyses of creative works i disagree i hard I disagree also, i think she yeah. loves talking i also disagree i i think i think once you like get her going about some kind of um like really like a rabbit hole, like a theory. I feel like you can get her going on theoretical conversations. I don't, that's the problem. I think that's the thing with Sally. She's, she's an introvert. So surface level discussion does not interest her. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you kind of like tickle her brain a little bit with like a theoretical conversation, I feel like you could get her going for a while. Yeah, I think so you. too. All right. So next page. Okay. So you are more inclined to follow your head than your heart. Agree. Agree. Hard agree. The only, time, the only time we ever saw her follow her heart was when the aunts kind of took away her free will. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, yeah. Bye, they, buy her, they buy her legs with molasses. <laughs> oh, man. We, right. um, the next one is you uh, usually prefer just doing what you feel at any given moment instead of planning a particular daily routine. Uh, disagree. Hard to yeah. say. She is on an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, you rarely worry about whether you make a good impression on people you meet. I'm going to go with middle disagree. You think so? Okay. Like- she's, she's constantly worried about what people think of her. That's why she's the way she is, right? Because she's. I would always- say hard, like you really, you really, I would say hard disagree. She's hard always disagree. trying to fit in. Okay. Um, I would only say middle <sighs> disagree because yeah, she's always trying to fit in, but 
there is that something about her that you know she doesn't show other people like she can't really be herself I don't know I'm good with middle I'm good with middle I'm just trying to think of a scenario in which it would be the opposite you know that she was okay right without making a good impression maybe when she met Jimmy she's like I don't give a fuck about you I don't care if you like me or not right okay yeah and even when she meets Gary like if you have question you need what'd she say if you need to ask me something ask me or if you have a question just ask me all right so middle disagree yeah she gets a little sassy with him she's not really trying to please Gary off the bat Mm -mm. you enjoy participating in group activities hard disagree because well even though she she clearly doesn't enjoy being at the phone tree she kind of it kind of seems like she does it either because she needs to do it for her daughters because it's part of the school Mm -hmm. um and maybe it's healthier for her to be in a social situation because if she's a complete recluse that's not good so I don't know I don't think she enjoys participating in group activities but she kind of begrudgingly does it just because it's part of life (laughs) I'm thinking closer to neutral I don't know why because like when she is with Michael and they have their normal life and they're taking like the girls out on their little scooters and stuff like she's fine being like out and about um Mm -hmm. I don't know if that means like group participation or just like in a group setting you know what I mean when I think of like group activities I think more of like phone tree Mm -hmm. and like and the end when they're doing their little coven activity I think her I think it probably changed for her when she realized people want to help her yes I think, I think before that I think she was very hesitant toward being in group activity settings I think Margot Martindale got her all jazzed up for uh for like a Tupperware party you know like a dark Tupperware exorcism party <laughs> let's clean house let's clean house um I'm gonna put baby disagree okay baby disagree got it um you like books and movies that make you come up with your own interpret interpretation of the ending middle agree middle agree all right your happiness comes from comes more from helping others accomplish things than your own accomplishments i say hard agree yeah i feel like she's a people pleaser she wants to help everybody else but herself that's Mm -hmm. why she's lacking in the self-care department (laughs) yeah man you are interested in so many things that you find it difficult to choose what to try next Hmm. Ooh. okay i am going to do baby disagree yeah, I think I think she's so on a hard schedule that she probably finds it difficult to deviate from the script. I think if she's going to get herself a new hobby, she carves out a specific time to do that hobby. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, Virgo. That's like so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go. Um, you are prone to worrying that things will take a turn for the worse. Hard agree. Yeah. Hard agree. I feel like she's she's constantly been on the edge of her seat since she was a kid, just waiting for yeah. shit to, to, shoot to drop. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor girl. All right. Uh, you avoid leadership roles in group settings. I think she wants to take the lead. Yeah, you're probably right. Cause she she was she was a great leader at the end when she had to lead everybody through that that coven scene, right? Right, right, right. And just how we were talking before of her having to like basically take the lead her whole life and get shit done. Uh-huh. Um, and she wants to be at the top of the phone tree, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. You so avoid what? leadership roles in group setting. Disagree. You avoid leadership. All right. You are definitely not an artistic type of person. I'm going to strong agree with that. I think she's very creative in her her lotion making. Wait, so so you agree that she's not an artistic type of person or you disagree? It says you you are definitely not an artistic type of person. I disagree that disagree. I disagree. Yes. Hard disagree? Yes. Okay. Um 
Mm-hmm. And also in the attic, were there like paints and stuff up there? I don't remember. Yeah. Do you think she paints on the side <clears throat> with her arts and crafts projects? It'd be sweet. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And also, also those wind chimes in the garden, like the spoons and stuff. Like, do you think she? Yeah. That? Yeah, that's sweet. I wonder that I'm picturing like the aunts, like having a little art art day with the girls when they were little right. and just making like wind chimes and birdhouses and shit yeah all right so we'll say yeah we disagree we think she is an artistic <clears> type <throat> of person that might come from her moon aspect she might be a water sign they're very creative people <laughs> um so there might be a little mix of, of that artistic abilities in her so the next question is or the next prompt is you think the world would be a better place if people relied more on rationality than and less on their feelings probably middle agree Middle agree. Yeah. Next one is you prefer to do your chores before allowing yourself to relax. Hard agree. Hard agree. Absolutely. Okay. You enjoy watching people argue. Uh, I'm going to go with hard disagree. Yeah. I don't think she would enjoy that. Mm -mm. I think that like Jillian too, I think that would put them in kind of like a fight or flight, like Mm -hmm. protect yourself kind of thing. Um, you tend to avoid drawing attention to yourself. Hard agree, right? Hard agree, yeah. She in that whole phone tree uh scene, she's just shrinking. She, she cowers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she just kind of like sinks into her seat, doesn't really, you know, want anybody to look at her. And then even when Jillian walks in the room, she's like, Oh god, here we go. She sinks even further into her seat. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I I would think she does, but she actually kind of like perks her head up a little bit, like, hey. I'm back here. Like, come sit with me, you know? And then they kind of like, she feels a little better. It's probably half and half. She probably feels very relieved that Jillian's there, but she's also probably like, oh God, here we go. Like she knows Jillian's MO. Like <laughs> She's going to start shit up. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It's about to get her. Does your mood change very quickly? <laughs> Agree. You think her mood changes very quickly? I feel like, like, again, um, she's probably got the underlying water sign. So I feel like at the drop of a dime, like if something like- Is like out of her you- control. Yes. she freaks out okay yes absolutely especially like the whole jimmy scene like once shit started hitting the fan she was like oh god she went into like panic mode so yeah okay. i think i think i agree that her mood can change very quickly are you doing mid- middle agree or hard agree on the on the mood change yeah mm, okay i'll go middle i'll go middle okay i love like her at it her with her daughters is so funny because she's very very parental because she's a single parent but like mm-hmm. she's like I asked, like, I asked you to get the mint from the garden, please, before your bus gets here. Like, yeah. she's firm. But then when Antonia is annoying the fuck out of them with that kazoo or whatever, she's like, hey, can I see that? And it zooms, <laughs> chucks it across the room. <laughs> it's playful. I like, I like it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, you lose patience with people who are not as sufficient, as efficient as you. Oh, Agree. Yeah. I could see her doing that. Like when that scene when um uh, what's his face Dwight comes into the shop and he's like giving her shit about the stuff she sold him yeah like try to remember <laughs> she's mm-hmm. just, she's just does not have time for his bullshit right um you often end up doing things at the last possible moment disagree disagree she's got her shit planned out oh uh, yeah months in, months in advance oh yeah you have always been fascinated by the question of what if anything happens after death mm, that's oh that's hard yeah that is a hard one death is always on the owens minds uh-huh yeah i feel yeah. like it would be it would be on her mind but i don't know if she's fascinated by it so maybe right. baby agree or do you think do you think she's neutral about it i'm good with neutral because because she's so desensitized to it mm-hmm. right like yeah she grieved a lot when her 
her parents died. She grieved a lot when Michael died, but it could maybe left her in like such a numb state that she just mm-hmm. like, she doesn't even wonder what happens after death. She's just like, whatever, everybody dies and that's it. I can <laughs> see that. Okay. I'm good with that. Uh, all right. So we're about halfway through guys, stick it out. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing the thing. You usually prefer to be around others rather than on your own. I'm going to say middle disagree. Yeah. I think people who are not her family right yeah i think she's she's a family person but i don't Mm -hmm. think she wants to be around too many other people correct um you become bored or lose interest when the discussion gets highly theoretical i'm gonna say hard disagree i think she i think that piques her interest Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think if she would be like if she'd be one of those people who gets bored because people are just talking in circles and she's over it she's like you're not you're not getting to a point kind of thing right but do you like so for example like a conspiracy theory or like just like analyzing the shit out of the end of a um a movie with an ambiguous ending like mm. do you I think, think she's that- so rational I'd be okay with like middle disagree middle disagree okay okay middle disagree it is okay. you find it easy to empathize with a person whose experiences are very different from yours I would agree yeah I think she has empathy I think she oh, just yeah. has a problem I think she just finds it hard to express her empathy or express her emotions but I think mm-hmm. deep down like she's she's an empathetic person she's not a psychopath <laughs> no 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 well yeah like because when she goes to get Jillian she's I, I Sally's never been beat the fuck up but she's like hey like she's being super gentle with this fragile little broken egg you know the next question is you usually postpone finalizing decisions for as long as possible she pretty much knows what she wants and I think she wants to just get it in the bag and get it done and out of the way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So you rarely second guess the choices you have made. I would yeah. do baby or middle of disagree. You rarely. I think she second guesses because like f- regret. I don't know. Do you think she's like, I should have never maybe moved in with the aunts because then they would have never put the spell on me for Michael. And like, I don't know. Or regrets not giving her daughters like the option to learn about magic safely, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many thoughts and feelings that are probably floating around there. Mm-hmm. We can only speculate, but, but if I'm going to go with like, if we're saying that she's a Virgo and she kind of like has all her ducks in a row, she kind of knows she, and she's got that in, inner intuition. Like she, she knows what her gut is saying is the truth. So uh, I, I would be willing to do baby agree. Baby agree. Okay. All right. Baby agree. Cool. After a long and exhausting week, a lively social event is just what you need. Hard to uh, No. <laughs> it's crazy that people do pick agree. To me, I I'm like, know. absolutely not. Yeah. Same. That's why we're introverts, girl. That's why. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. If I let you in, you have to come and lay down, okay? Come on in. You gotta come lay down. Sorry. I might kick the dog out. If he does clickety clack around, <laughs> he's he's going out. Do you enjoy going to art museums? I'm going to agree. Yeah, I agree. You often have a hard time understanding other people's feelings. Baby to middle disagree, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Baby disagree. Okay. Okay. You like to have a to-do list for each day. Hard agree. Mm-hmm. You rarely feel insecure. I think she feels insecure all the time. All the time. Hard disagree. Hard disagree. You avoid making phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to put middle agree. I was going to say that too. Okay. Yeah. Because ultimately she, she made that phone tree call at the end. She kind of like, you know, begrudgingly had to, she, she put her big girl pants on and she made that call. She she knew she had to. So, yeah. um, but I think she does avoid making them at all costs, but she will, if she has to. So I agree. Middle agree. Awesome. 
Uh, you often spend a lot of time trying to understand views that are very different from your own. I think I would put middle agree. Okay. I think because she's so ostracized for having those different views, anybody else, she's like, absolutely. You, you do you buckaroo, like yeah. be happy. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I see that totally. Um, in your social circle, you are often the one who contacts your friends and initiates activities. I'm going to go with middle agree because she's the one that just in that one scenario though. Yeah. But social maybe, circle. Maybe that was the beginning of a lifelong, um, I guess start of maybe she start maybe that was the start of her, her coven maybe oh my she, god what if what if that like that was her kicker that makes her that really annoying person that's like you want to come over like she total flip of a switch and now she's just like what are you doing and they're like I'm working I didn't inherit this fucking massive house with no mortgage Sally I have to work <laughs> What if she's at like the end of the craft where she's like, so do you want to like come over and s- sometime and like call the corners? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so sweet. Um, I gotta, dude, I'm, I'm feeling more disagree. I feel like she, if she's like set in her routine and like her kids getting her kids to school, going to work, gardening, like she's sticking with that. Somebody's going to have to pull her out to go do shit. Yeah, you're right. You're probably right. I'm only going by that one scene because she was the one who called everybody to come over but that was only on a dire need basis like on right. the on the daily you're probably you're absolutely right she's she ain't calling people if your plans are interrupted your top priority is to get back on track as soon as possible hard agree yeah 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 she's she needs um, to be schedule <laughs> you are still bothered by mistakes you made a long time ago 100 percent. oh yeah agree she's still harboring a lot of that shit um, uh, you rarely contemplate the reasons for human existence or the meaning of life this is kind of like that death one. Yeah. Neutral. Neutral. Oh, my dog is farting up a storm. Emotions <laughs> control you more than you control them. I would have to agree. Maybe middle, middle agree or no, I would maybe disagree. I think she has. Yeah, I would emotions. disagree. I think she has her emotions under lock and key. That's why we never see them. Yeah. Medium. Yeah. Yeah. Medium. Okay. Uh, you take great care not to make people look bad even when it is completely their fault well she doesn't do this in front of anybody but she definitely calls jillian out for ah me my it's always about you (laughs) You yeah but but it took a lot of button pushing for her to get to that point that is true you know and and then also in the apothecary shop scene with again when dwight comes in and he he blames her for selling her shitty for selling him a shitty product. She kind of lets him know real quietly on the download that it's his own fault. Yeah, she, gives him she that gently. Look. Like, yeah, she gives him that look. So I'm gonna say yes. she doesn't. She doesn't intend. She doesn't want to make people look bad, but she kind of let lets them know on the download that they fucked up. Yeah, middle agree, hard agree. Yeah. Uh, you take great care. Cause I mean, she did, she did call him out, but she kind of just like gave him that look and didn't take it any further. So she didn't really try to, she didn't try to embarrass him, but she firmly let him know that, you know, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll go, we'll go with middle agree. Mm -hmm. Your personal work style is closer to spontaneous bursts of energy than organized, consistent efforts. Disagree. Yeah, hard disagree. When someone thinks highly of you, you wonder how long it would take them to feel disappointed in you. Ooh, I agree. I would say agree too. Yeah, I feel like that whole time Gary was there, she was like second guessing everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you will love a job that requires you to work alone most of the time. I would say agree other than the fact that she works at the apothecary shop, but at the apothecary shop, she only really has like two girls working there that she's like super close with. Yeah, I think I do like baby agree because if she wanted to be alone, she might have like a like a cubicle or a remote job, but she 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 out. She's like service. She's a service to the town. Yeah, she's she serving the, the town the people all the time. Yeah, she's serving the general public, right? So she would have to be okay with being around people, I guess. Yeah. You believe that pondering abstract philosophical questions is a waste of time. Does this go back to the death question? The meaning of life? Like, yeah, neutral. Um, yeah. I don't know why I'm feeling very neutral for her for all of these, like, really. The pondering ones. If somebody's talking to her in a conversation, I think it's a different story, but on her own, I don't think she's wasting her time. Right. Okay. Okay. You feel more drawn to places with busy, bustling atmospheres than quiet, intimate places. I disagree. Disagree. Absolutely. And you know, at first glance, how someone's feeling. Strong agree. I think that's just her witchy. She's she's very intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is our last page. I think we're at 90%. (gasps) Woo. Um, so you often feel overwhelmed. I'm going to say agree. Yeah. I think she always kind of feels this like heavy weight on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, is she doing right by her daughters? Is she taking care? Because like, who? I don't know what that house would look like without her there. You know what I mean? Who's cleaning that house? Anytime I play this in The Sims, I have to hire a maid because <laughs> nobody wants to do the cleaning. <laughs> Beyonce ain't doing it. But for, I'm pretty sure in the book, it said there's like dust on everything. Nobody ever dusts, right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That would drive me fucking crazy. Yeah. So you complete things methodically without skipping over any steps. Hard agree. 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 You are intrigued by things labeled as controversial. Disagree. She wants to be normal as fuck. Yeah, I would say disagree. You would pass along a good opportunity if you thought someone else needed it more. I agree. Yeah. She's a people pleaser. She'd be like, no, you take it. yeah Uh, okay you struggle with deadlines disagree i think she's like Mm -hmm. "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. and this is the last one you feel confident that things will work out for you Mm. disagree medium medium to little baby baby disagree baby disagree i don't know how much confidence she has baby disagree is that what you said yeah okay so we're gonna take a little bit of a break and when we come back we will reveal to you what personality type is sally owen be right back. Boop. You're listening to Magnolia Street Podcast. Welcome back, witches. Are you ready to find out what personality type Are we Sally ready? Owens is? Drum roll, please. Right. Yeah. Sally Owens is an advocate she's an infjt advocates are quiet visionaries often serving as inspiring and tireless idealists i'm gonna screenshot this she is 87 percent 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 introverted introverted individuals tend to prefer fewer yet deep and meaningful social interactions and often feel drawn to calmer environments so energy wise sally is 61 percent intuitive which um that means that intuitive individuals are very imaginative open-minded and curious they value originality and focus on hidden hidden meanings and distant possibilities so this means since she's 61 percent intuitive she's 39 percent observant 
Uh, as far as Sally's nature, she is 60% feeling and the opposite of feeling in this regard is thinking. So she's 40% thinking. Feeling individuals value emotional expression and sensitivity. They place a lot of importance on empathy and social har harmony and cooperation. That's that people pleasing thing there. Okay. So <laughs> oh, damn, wow. I know. Holy shit. So her tactics, she is 100% judging zero prospecting so judging individuals are decisive thorough and highly organized they value clarity predictability and closure preferring structure and planning to spontaneity and i absolutely i could totally see sally being 100 percent all of judging this. so do yeah. you think because we, when we were discussing like the theoretical like her thinking we picked almost no every single time maybe that's what put her in like the constant judging yeah i mean maybe. i'm sure a lot of this is going to be skewed because you know we're not her we're just we're, right speculating from the outside looking in like what we think she would have chosen in certain situations but right um this is just like what i see from the outside i see her as very thorough very organized um she likes predictability anything veering off of that kind of throws her off her balance and kind of throws her for a loop and she kind of like kind of has a little bit of a meltdown if things go a little awry i'd be interested to so and we're going to put all of this in our notes and y'all get on the patreon get our notes but if you want to take the test as sally i want to know like what you think she would get if it's something totally different let us know the the percentages you get mm -hmm. uh so in her identity little quadrant here uh she is 76 percent turbulent and opposite that is 24% assertive. Turbulent individuals are self-conscious and sensitive to stress. They feel a sense of urgency in their emotions and tend to be stress, oh, success driven, <laughs> stress driven. <laughs> well, that too, <laughs> that too, perfectionist and eager to improve. Uh, the percentages I got. So uh, like we said, I think we got the same thing Sally got. So we are both advocates. So there's INFJA and INF JT. So this mm -hmm. little link says, what's the difference? So where the, am I? Yes. The, the core theory, the assertive advocate INFJA versus turbulent advocate INFJT. Um, it says, while assertive INFJA and turbulent INFJT advocates are likely to be more alike than different, their identity personality trait provides some nuanced dissimilarities between the two. It impacts the way each thinks, acts, and responds to their worlds to a significant extent. Assertive advocates are more likely to be confident and relaxed. Turbulent advocates are um, likely to question themselves more and are ordinarily more sensitive to stressors. Mm. Um, to she was turbulent, right? We said turbulent. Mm -hmm. To discover more about the general differences between assertive and turbulent identities, please visit their overview page. 74% um, of assertive advocates feel like they effectively manage the stress in their lives compared to 28% of the turbulent advocates. So according to this, Sally does not handle stress very well. <laughs> you can say that. Can you say that? Yeah. So are you a turbulent advocate? Check out turbulent advocate superpowers at the bottom of this article for the deepest insight into who you are. What's our so, superpower? Let's see. So it says turbulent and assertive advocates and the people in their lives. All advocate individuals decide matters primarily by filtering them through their feelings and their decisions often reflect the value they place, they place on their morality. How they think about people and what they're going through is a defining factor of their personality type. But turbulent advocates are likely to turn empathizing with others up a notch when compared to assertive advocates. So I guess Sally is more empathetic. 
than your mm-hmm. typical assertive advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, turbulent advocates often let their passions lead them to great accomplishments. These are fueled by their regard for the people in their lives and concern for moral and idealistic issues. They can become overly involved in the problems of others. We saw that with when she got all involved up in-, in All uh, involved in a crime. In Jilly's mess, Yeah. This involvement might even generate a a kind of hyper-empathy where these personalities identify too much with those they seek to help. Mm. Is that not freaking true? Mm. Um, If turbulent advocates become invested and they are not able to help to the degree they think they should, turbulent self-criticism can be excessively harsh. They can sink into brooding and become miserably mired in worry and regret. So maybe like she feels like she has to go to the extent of committing this goddamn crime because if she doesn't, if she doesn't help her sister to that extent, I think she would, she would feel a lot of guilt about it. And that, I think that would eat her up for a really long time. Uh, Yeah. Her first option though, was going to the police. Right. That was her first choice. Yes. So Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, Marie Kondo, Lady Gaga, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. John Snow. Some of these are characters. Some of these aren't even actually. Yeah. Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Hell yeah. Galadriel. I'm not really a Lord of the Rings fan. Galadriel. Galadriel. Tom Kirkman. Rose. Who's that? Well, Rose Bucater from Titanic. As I said, Justina and I are both INFJTs. That's a fuckload of letters. <laughs> and um, so again, that is uh, turbulent ad- advocates are introverted, intuitive, feeling, judging, and turbulent. Um, and I don't really remember Sally's percentages, but I was uh, 83% introverted. I was 72% intuitive, 66% feeling, 65% judging, and 67% turbulent, which yeah. I'm like, makes perfect sense. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Mine, what my, my introverted was very high. I scored a 90. You're so high. <laughs> Yeah, this is like, like, which is surprising because you're so you go play at like open mics and shit and have no problem being on camera. But I guess going up and talking to people, you don't I find it very hard. I find it very hard to just go up and start a conversation with a stranger. Like I get really all up in my head. My hands clam up. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really fucking stupid. (laughs) Oh, you're not. Uh, I I think that's probably why I come off. I've, I've had people in the past tell me that I'm very intimidating. Like people don't like coming up to me. Because maybe mm-hmm. I'm very standoffish, mm. um, and I don't mean to come off that way. I'm just like I don't I don't fear people. Like I really do enjoy conversation, and I really do enjoy meeting people. But there has to be some other greater thing at play that kind of um, kind of starts up that conversation. Justina, you're like a you're like um like a, a spider. Like people are more af- you're more afraid of people than they should be of you. Afraid of yeah exactly yeah, and you exactly. need to be treated very delicately and gently don't yeah. startle justina that's exactly what that's exactly how it is with me it's so strange um yeah i was 91 percent introverted nine percent extroverted oh yeah that's what i was gonna say like i don't have a problem carrying over co- on a conversation i can be i'm a social person but just on my terms yeah <laughs> yes right so the introverted doesn't necessarily mean that i like i don't like talking to people at all like i love talking to people Otherwise, I wouldn't have been like, hey, let's start a fucking podcast and talk exactly. about today on it. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be. But it's on your ter- terms. It's, it's something you terms. like to talk about and it's somebody you exactly. get along with. Exactly. So whenever like there's like a party or something and like I feel like I'm being dragged to the party, I go begrudg- begrudgingly and I kind of clam up and I don't really mm-hmm. talk to anybody, especially if it's like people that I don't know. If it's not my mm-hmm. people's, 
it's not my party. <laughs> it's not my people. It's not my party. I don't want to fucking be there. And it's yeah. like that, that um Instagram reel of that. I wanna go. go. <laughs> yeah, that's you. I'm in the corner and I'm like, I want to go to my home. Meanwhile, Avi, on the other hand, he's a social butterfly. He could just like flutter around at a party and just start up a conversation with anybody. And I'm like, how do you fucking do that? Can you teach yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I get, I get annoyed with myself that I am this way. Cause I want to be, I, part of me wants to be that social bu- butterfly, but I'm just like, I don't know what it is. I just like get all up in my head about it. <laughs> what is, um, what's that line in fight club? Like to me, like you, for us as introverts, like making friends and and being empathetic. Like you have so much energy filtering out, but also filtering in, you know, Mm -hmm. you're picking up on everybody's shit. So like going to a party sounds fucking awful because Mm -hmm. maybe it's because I don't know how to filter that out, but, um, what was I going to akin it to? Oh, like in fight club, when they talk about that, I think this is my second reference on the show to fight club. I didn't watch this. I don't watch this movie, but like how they, um, what do they call them? Like t- single serving friends or something like that. I don't, um, to me, my energy is more important than, which is awful to say, cause that's how you meet new people and make new friends. Right. And I have social butterfly friends that have huge swaths of, of friendships. But you know what, though? Maybe that's why me and you are so, like, stress-free because we guard our energy very well. Mm-hmm. Like, we only let certain people in who we know are going to have, like, add value to our lives. Everybody else can go fuck right <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, when I was in, um, when I was married to the, my ex-military military husband, of course, all his friends are military and they are all married also. Yeah people move around all the time. And I like broke down once or twice. Cause I was me like tr- trying to connect with all these military wives and like be- make friends and people move. It happens. But yeah. I was like, why do I even, why am I even bothering? Yeah. Why am I even bothering trying to make friends if they're just going to leave? Right. You know? So that's where I was. Yeah. It's kind of like it's abandonment. It's, you know, exactly. It's just exactly. I've had the same experience with friends you know growing up people walking in and out of your life I guess that's why I kind of like adopted that mentality like friendships are a revolving door people come in people go out and I don't take I I don't take it personally anymore like I used to take it very personally if a friend like betrayed me or like things you know didn't work out or whatever but now I'm just kind of like okay that person was put into my life to teach me a a valuable lesson. I learned my lesson Mm -hmm. onto the next person who's actually going to add value back into my life. Um, So that's kind of how I have had to look at it. So I don't get so, I guess, bitter and resentful about not, not opening my heart up to those new friendships, because I'm afraid that, you know, that'll happen again. Um, You have taught me a lot this year. I really appreciate you. I don't know if (laughs) you know how much I appreciate you because it is yeah. It's hard losing people like that. And you're like, girl, it happens. It's yeah. fine. They were there for the amount of time you needed them. Yes. You have history, honor that and get the fuck over it. You don't say get the fuck over it, but you're well, like, I try to put it as gentle as I can, but I am a Sagittarius. So if I am too blunt, I apologize. No, no, no. You're not at all. I appreciate you very much. But and it's, it, like a, it's a, t- it's a tough love, you know? Oh yeah. 100%. I feel that I feel yeah. it. And it, you've never said get over it. It's it is so supportive and I know it allows for new energy to come in and you're exactly right. And like, nobody teaches you that. Cause like in grade school, you're, you're B- BFFs, best mm-hmm. friends forever, forever. Yeah. 
with so, the heart with the heart necklaces the half and the half the heart necklaces. right the tenay the, the, the tenay the shisti <laughs> you know as a kid you're just taught like and it's same with marriages like it's one and done that's forever if you're in my life you're in my life forever mm-hmm. no no <laughs> that's not how it works so life, thank you life, for your support a, it's a revolving door that's how i have to look at life to yeah. kind of cope with with loss because that's it happens yeah so energy i'm 83 intuitive 17 percent observance nature 48 percent thinking 52 percent feeling tactics 54 percent judging 46% prospecting and identity is 31% assertive, 69% turbulent. So Sally, I'm with you there, girl, on that high yeah. turbulence. <laughs> I'm 76% turbulent. So Woof. how does that stress? Oh my God. Oh, oh girl, I don't. I'm just stressed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> so uh, the other thing we got in store for you guys, I've never heard of this before. The first time I heard of this was on probably the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour, but an Enneagram I'd never heard of before. Had you? you know- I had never heard of it before either. And now that I've heard of it, I keep hearing about it. What is that? Really? Called? There's a name for that. Yeah. Right? Like uh, when you, you've never heard of something. And then once you hear about it, it just keeps popping up. Yeah. Something biased. Something. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, but that's what, that's what's happening now. And now I'm seeing it everywhere. And I'm like, is this something new? <laughs> like, what is this? I was going through the Wabaz um, Patreon video catalog yesterday and they were reading Charlie's Enneagram where she gets roasted by the <laughs> oh my gosh so the thing is we found one for Sally somebody had done hers but Justina and I couldn't find a site to have a free one done so I'm wondering yeah. excuse me where Charlie got hers processed wonder, through because we couldn't they, find one I'm wondering if they actually paid for those because every single Maybe. site that I found you have to pay for it your results mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. suck so you want to tell us what an Enneagram is? Cause there's a, there's some Greek down there and I'm not feeling Greek today. <laughs> None right. for me. Um, I'll try to be Greek, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so the Enneagram E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M is a system of personality typing that describes patterns and how people interpret the world and manage their emotions. The Enneagram describes nine personality types and maps each of these types on a nine-pointed diagram, which helps to illustrate how the types relate to one another. The name Enneagram comes from, uh, it's the Greek word for nine, and gramma means something that's drawn or written, which makes sense. Grammar, right? It's like, oh yeah, basically. Interesting. This Enneagram, I guess, was done by this person who runs this blog. What is this? What is this site? Funky funkymbti.com. And this whole blog post is all about Sally's Enneagram. Yeah. So I don't I know if they do the whole site or they have different people doing different characters, but the author of this one's name is Charity. Somebody named Charity created okay. the Enneagram for Sally. So they also did, it looks like they did the Myers-Briggs. I, ISFJ is the Myers-Briggs. So in their opinion, she's an ISFJ so and we, her and, and her Enneagram is 6W5. Okay. So 6W5SSP. S O S P slash S O right um, are way more fearful of loss of resources than six W five S S O slash S P. So S P slash S O is the first one. S O slash S P is the one that they're comparing her to. Um, who are more approachable and have a more obvious sense of humor. The S P slash S O six W five is the chronic over preparing six somewhat fearful of loss of finances, safety, etc. 
So over-focusing on making sure that they are safe at all times, prepared for whatever lies ahead, or delving into the five wing, which is minimizing all my outer resource needs, so I am dependent on nothing. I could totally hmm. see that, Sally. Mm-hmm. The SO slash SP 6W5 is more community-oriented, good nature, and doesn't take loss of resources as life or death, just something they can fix later if need be. So So. they have her as introverted sensing, feeling, and judging. And we had her introverted... Yeah, INFJT. INFJT. Okay, we're back on track. Inipchita. All right. Says, um, so Sally is a Sally is afraid. So she tries to check out of life, quote unquote, by refusing to participate in the things normal people do, like falling in love, until her aunts cast a spell over her that kind of loosens her up a bit. Though she wants and craves love, she admits to Jillian that she just can't have it. Uh, she is cautious, cautious and proactive, always thinking about the next possible bad thing. I don't want to leave my children. I don't want to go to jail. She doesn't experiment with her magic. Uh, She doesn't use it at all, much at all, really. So she doesn't experiment with her magic or use it much. She doesn't want to go against the aunt's advice to to raise somebody from the dead. Okay. Okay. She is responsible where her sister is irresponsible, the reliable girl who stayed home, but her entire focus is on family, loyalty, and protecting herself and her sister. She feels insulted when Drunk Jillian reads her lifeline and says that she can have all these things. She could have all these things, a handsome lover, et cetera. Um, And ooh, la la, he is big. (laughs) She... If she were not so scared all the time, I love, man, when Julie calls her out at the end, oh, you're wasting yourself, Sal. I love it. Fear um, does run her life, but she also takes risks and runs toward it with a man who says curses can not hurt you unless you believe in them. Yeah. And he did. And he did. <laughs> but, but, but. Not yet. Not in the movie. He could still be right. alive in the movie world. We're going to, yeah, we'll stay in the movie world. happily then. ever after in the movie world. <laughs> Right. But like Alice, Alice, man, Alice is ruthless. She killed him right off. I'm not sure how um how much this would coincide with our Myers-Briggs test because we both got Slyth- Slytherin and we also both got INFJT, right? Right. So I wonder if she's a Slytherin so also. I'm wondering if she's also a Slytherin. So I'm going to, date of birth, hers was supposedly Halloween, but it was like 1973 or something like that. 73. Wait, this asked for your birthday? Yeah. Oh, shit. So maybe it is like a Myers-Briggs. Oh, choose between moon, moon or stars. I think she'd choose a moon. moon. She would choose the moon. Only that All moon. Right. Only that moon, Julie. Choose a category to continue. Cats, toads, or owls? Well, if we're going by the book, she had the the um, connection with birds. But if we're going by the movie, I would probably go with the cat. Okay. And toads means Jimmy, so fuck toads. Okay. <laughs> if you were attending Hogwarts, which pet would you choose to take with you? Oh. A ginger cat. I'm going to read them all. A ginger cat, a white cat, a Siamese cat, a tabby cat. A black, black cat. cat. <laughs> uh, what kind of instrument most pleases your ear? The piano? The drum, the violin, the trumpet. Oh, that's it. I would say the piano. Okay. I think Sally listens to a lot of like Beethoven and dark classical music. Classic. Which of the following do you find most difficult to deal with? Loneliness, mm. boredom, hunger, being ignored, or cold? Um, I would probably say loneliness, right? She feels yeah. like isolated a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry for the mouse clicks in the background. Which of the following would you would, would you like to study most? Would you like to study mer people, centaurs, werewolves, vampires, goblins, trolls, or ghosts? Oh my god! I think she would do so ghosts. Like, it's 
you think so i feel like if she had the opportunity to like talk to michael's ghost absolutely okay all right we'll go with which you. nightmare would frighten you the most standing on top of something very high and realizing suddenly that there are no hand or f- hand or footholds nor any barrier to stop you from falling wow that's a very in-depth answer wow being forced to speak in such a silly tone that hardly anyone can understand you and everyone laughs at you i being think laughed be at I would think it would be that one because she's got a very weak, I would say she has a very weak throat chakra. Mm -hmm. So anything relating to her voice, I feel like she would kind of like shy away from. I think that would be her worst nightmare. But this waking up to find neither your friends nor family have any idea who you are. Ooh, that is pretty frightening. That's a hard one. And then the last one is uh, an eye in the keyhole of the dark windowless room in which you are locked in. I think Sally would be okay with being locked in a room. Yeah, so it's either her family not knowing her. Yeah, because she kind of does that to herself anyway. Mm -hmm, She mm -hmm. locks herself in her room, so that's her own kind of like imprisonment. So I don't think that's a nightmare to her. I think that's where she feels safe. So I would think it's either her family or the voice thing. I think people laughing at her, I think she's used to. Yeah, okay. So probably the family then, because that's her her world, right? That's the last thing she has left. Right. Uh, Right. How would you like to be known to history as the great? the wise the bold or the good the good the good black or white white the sorting hat is ready to make its decision you think it's slytherin i think no, it's gryffindor think probably hufflepuff how about that how about that um you probably know that some of hufflepuff's most renowned members include nymphadora tonks and cedric diggory but oh. did you know that hufflepuff's house goes the fat friars <laughs> That's still resents the fact that he was never made a cardinal or that hufflepuff has produced the fewest dark wizards of any house at hogwarts interesting yeah so who else Uh, is a dude i'm a horrible harry potter fan i don't know who any of these people are well cedric i only know because he is like the golden boy and then he he gets is that that edward cullen it is edward cullen (gasps) holy shit (laughs) All right, we're going to figure out what her Patronus is. We are fucking meshing two worlds together here. I know, this is awesome. All right. Ooh, I like this animation. It's beautiful. Right, I think so my Patronus to... was a Borzoi dog. All right, just, a to explain, dog. just to explain what's happening on the screen right now. So if you guys want to go check out your own, um, I guess your own, to be sorted into your um, Hogwarts house, you can go to my.wizardingworld.com um, and you can also get, Uh, I guess the Patronus, it says the Patronus is a kind of positive force, a projection of the very things that what feeds upon? What did that say? I don't know. It disappeared. (laughs) A tree flew in front of it. So I don't know what the Discover your Patronus. (laughs) You can also be sorted into the house and figure out what your wand is, I suppose. So I have a question. Is a Patronus kind of like a familiar? What is it? It's an animal, right? A Patronus? Yeah. It's like your power animal or I don't know. So I'm not a Potter person. God damn it. I reloaded this for nothing. Thorn. Leaf. Blade. Leaf, 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 leaf. Yeah. Leaf. We were like floating through a forest and your cursor is like blue pixie dust. It's really pretty. It's nighttime. Is it glitchy on your screen? Because it's bone and blood. 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 Yeah. My blood. It's it's not. I think it's just because it's trying to share. Um, it's like the scene where Harry Potter summons his Patronus. Um, It's like the winter, winter lake scene. Think, sense, feel. Sense, right? Sense. Yeah. Ooh, pretty. Oh, he's dancing. You're so close to a Patronus. 
Something's taking form. What is it? Where's safe, that? free. Oh, safe. <laughs> Dude, Sally is so easy to pinpoint. Yeah. You're so like, close. Keep going. She just do. It looked like you had butted your computer. Love, trust, hope. Hope. I think she has a lot of hope. Okay. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. You need to react more quickly. Try again. What? Oh, what the okay. fuck? Okay. So it gives us a second chance. Listen, watch, touch, watch. Mm. Okay. She's very observant. Mm. We. This is taking so long. It is. Click, drag, and release for your Patronus. Click, drag, release. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, your Patronus is a bloodhound. How cute. That's oh, cute. Bloodhound. Okay. That's cute. I feel like her and Michael would have a doggo. Mm, yeah, I'm surprised I never did. All right. Should we do wand or do you want to keep... What else we got? We got anything else? Wand, it looks like, right? All right. We're doing the... Find the wand. Finding your wand is a rite of passage, it says. If you can read these, go go for it. I, all right. I'll just so pick first them. of all, would you describe yourself as average height, tall, short? I would say Sally's probably average, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And your eyes, gray. She had gray in the book, right? Gray. We'll say gray. Uh, which was, was the day on which you were born an even or an odd number? Well, according to that site, it said she was born on Halloween. So odd, right? Odd number. Do you most pride yourself on your determination originality imagination optimism resilience kindness or intelligence probably resilient oh you don't think she's resilient like after all the loss she went through like she still has that hope to find love but do you think she prides herself in that i don't know i don't know i don't know if sally is a prideful i don't think she's a prideful person i don't think so either i would say we'll do resilience i would say resilience traveling alone down a deserted road you reach a crossroads crossroads do you continue um left towards the sea right towards the castle ahead towards the forest probably towards the sea right she has that connection mm-hmm. with the water mm-hmm. which is why i think she's also a water sign because mm-hmm. she has that connection with the water mm-hmm. um and the pull of the tides with the ocean and the moon like i think she's i think she's also a very watery person um in her moon sign anyway in her shadow aspect um do you most fear fire small spaces darkness isolation or heights probably i don't know if she fears isolation because she kind of isolates herself mm-hmm. maybe fire because fire is so spontaneous i would say like maybe darkness like not like a uh, physical darkness but like the darkness in others maybe mm. if we have to pull it from somewhere maybe because the aunts think about it when she wanted to bring michael back they said he would come back as something dark and unnatural and that kind of hindered her away from it so she kind of like went mm. towards the light and that's why she kind of like when Jilly wanted to go there, she was like, are you sure? Okay. So I would say either fire or darkness. I think she's either afraid of spontaneity and drifting from the script or- We'll do fire. Kind of, okay. Um, in a chest of magical artifacts, which would you choose? Silver dagger, ornate mirror, glittering jewel, bound scroll, golden key, dusty bottle, or black glove? Um, She would probably choose maybe an ornate mirror. That's what I was thinking too. Because the mirror, the mirror from um, scrying is a big part of the, was it Book of Magic? Rules of Magic, right? The scrying mirror was a big part of that. So maybe she had gotten it passed down as an heirloom. Oh yeah. Yes, I agree. I was, we have an elm wood with a unicorn core, 11 and a half with supple flexibility. <laughs> 
God Wait, what's damn. The, what's it say on the bottom? It says, uh, Elmwood, the unfound belief that only pure bloods can produce magic from Elmwood was undoubtedly started by some Elm wand owner seeking to prove his own blood credentials. Uh, for I have known, who's I? I don't know. Who's writing this? For I have oh, known perfect Mr. matches for Elmwood. Oh, the yeah. Mr. Ollivander, on the, I think that's his quote on the bottom. Got it. Perfect matches of Elm wands. Who are muggle-borns? The truth is that elm wands prefer owners with presence, magical dexterity, and a certain native dignity. Native dignity? Okay. Of all wood wands, elm, in my experience, produces the fewest accidents. Oh, that's good to know. The least foolish errors and the most elegant charms and spells. These are uh, sophisticated wands capable, uh, capable of highly advanced magic in the right hands and then in parentheticals, which again makes it highly desirable for those who espouse the true blood philosophy. Did I say that right? Espouse? I think so. But you, said, right, cool. true, but you said true blood. True, <laughs> true blood. So delightful. It looks like it looks like this is a foolproof wand. It has the least amount of foolish errors that are associated with. So I could definitely see Sally going with something a little foolproof. Um, very little um, error involved. So I think she would choose definitely choose something a little more. Um, Hermione, Lord Voldemort, and Albus Dumbledore all have this wand. All right. That was cool, fun. dude. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a big old one. I'm glad we big stuck it out. One. Thank you for taking the, the time to do those. Those are fun. Thank you guys for sticking with us through that very bountiful episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, we we are very excited to do more of these character uh, analyses with you and do guys we want to encourage you to go check out the polls that are over on our patreon if you become a patron you can decide what we talk about next we already have some votes on some december topics that are going to be coming up and mm-hmm. it makes it our job we have like over 100 different topics and it's sometimes hard oh, to choose and we tend to get a little biased like oh i want to look into this i want to look into this but it doesn't necessarily we want to know what y'all want so yeah people pleasers so yeah definitely head on over to our patreon if you want to be involved and also i just wanted to say a quick um to anybody who's signing up for our patreon page uh we have it so as little as one dollar you can get a shout out uh for joining our patreon the recording schedule is a little ahead Mm -hmm. so you might not hear your name on the actual podcast on the show for a while we will do do our best to reach out to each and every one of you who sign up just to send Mm -hmm. you a quick thank you and acknowledge that you are a patron and we appreciate it so much but it might be a little a few episodes before you hear your name Mm -hmm. on the podcast tell us where they can find us tell tell us where they can find tell them where where they they can find us all right so yeah you guys can head on over to patreon.com slash magnolia street podcast to get in on those polls and also if you want all the show notes all the very in-depth show notes that we have for today's episode um you can join our three dollar tier and our little secret society um you have to uh upgrade to the five dollar and then the eight dollar is um we have that's that the eight dollars designated for our music are all of the musics and the songs, but we have yet to do a song episode. So we are going to have one this month. It's yeah. written down. It's yeah, gonna be right before Christmas, I think. We do have one coming up, so sit tight. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, so so we know we don't have any uh, any like song stuff up on the eight dollar tier yet, but I just kind of edited it a couple days ago to include that we will be including some really juicy bonus 
episodes and other kinds of audio visuals in the $8 tier to make it worth it for you guys while you guys are waiting for those song, um, those song posts to, to come flying in on our Patreon page. So we, by the time you hear this, we will probably already have some juicy uh, bonus episodes up for you guys and maybe a meditation, maybe um, some kind of stuff for you guys to sink your teeth into until we get some songs at Pia. I'm loving like shooting stuff over at Patreon. It's really fun. It's like all this extra like creativity that when I, we talked about this, like doing uh, YouTube, fine, it's fun. Um, but now it's like getting to share. We know people love practical magic and it's like its own hub where we can throw all of our practical magic creativity with our music, our, 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 our side stories, tons of good stuff over there. So yeah. Yeah. And Christina's got a lot of little side stories and she's been doing these really cool after hours posts. So every, after every episode, she kind of posts her little nuggets on there. I'm, I'm kind of bad at <laughs> doing that. my nuggets. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a little nugget up there soon, but I awesome. did, we did sit down recently and do like a whole like Salem recap and a tarot reading recap when I got that tarot reading done. Um, so stuff like that, like stuff that really doesn't have anything to do with practical magic per se, but it's still a chance for you to get to know us on a deeper level. So we thought it would be cool to do a little bonus like juicy bonus episodes. Like we're talking like good, like two hour long episodes where you guys can just sit with us while we just chit chat, shoot the shit about random cool stuff. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. practical magic, but you might want to hear it. It's still magic. That's it for today, right? Yeah, man. You can find us on Instagram under at Magnolia Street Podcast. And we also have that private Facebook group for patrons, Magnolia Street Podcast, the Discord, Magnolia Street Podcast. Ooh. Dude, I'm all about the Discord. You really turned me around. I was like, I don't know if I want to add one more social media to our list, oh. but I'm like, oh, oh fuck, this is going to be sweet. Yeah. yeah. Discord is better because I feel like not everybody is on Facebook all the time, but Discord is more of like a chat server. So it is. Pop, it's great. People pop in and out throughout the day when they have the time. And like, you can mm-hmm. really get to chit chat with your patrons and people who are supporting you like one-on-one and it's a really Mm -hmm. cool intimate way if you guys want to chit chat with us leave us uh leave us a little five star if you can oh is that what you want to say go for it yeah leave us a review please because your reviews help bump us up I guess in the algorithm whether it's on Spotify or Apple um Spotify I don't think you can leave written reviews but Apple podcasts you can so but both you can leave a star rating for sure. Mm-hmm. So definitely leave us something. So we know yeah. that and we get bumped up in that algorithm. So we get help pushed. other practical magic lovers find us yeah. because like they might be like us. Like, why hasn't anybody done a practical magic podcast yet? And you can be like, bitch, check this out. <laughs> did we hit all the socials? I think we did. You can um, find all of our socials actually linked below as well as where to find the books, the audiobooks, the movies. And then in our show notes below, there's a, there's always going to be a thing that says additional links, and that's going to take you right to all of our sources and quizzes and all the shit we use in the the episode. Right on. Right on, Donkey Kong. I think we're, I think that's it for today. This one's big. It is. It's going to be juicy. All right. You guys wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) Always a pleasure, darling. All right. We love you guys. Thank you for all your support. And we will see you guys in the next episode of Magnolia Street Podcast. We'll We'll see see you you next time. time. At that house down the street At that house on Magnolia Street Would you go down to Magnolia Street with